Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. And that's why Rays of Hope for a Sunny Summer is the story in the mirror. But you could literally cut and paste that to any June, back end of May, in any newspaper of any year. We always say that. You know, that we're hopeful of a sunny summer. Get out the barbecue. We certainly will. I mean, you could have barbecues any time of the year, really, as long as it's reasonably dry. But, you know, barbecues and sunshine go hand in hand. And they're saying this weekend is definitely barbecue and beach weather, certainly outdoors weather. Fury at new dining rules. Story on the front page of this morning's mail. They break down exactly what will be allowed to happen on the 2nd of June and on the 7th of June. There's still that grey area with regards to July. Pubs will have to leave all of the doors and the windows uh, open. Uh, whenever they do get back, there'll be a time limit applying to some spaces as to whether it's one metre apart. There'll be a time, 105 minutes, two metres apart, no time limits, no supping at the bar counter, things like that. Uh, no stepping towards the bar, no dance floors, no music. Uh, the government has uh, been slammed over its tone deaf ban on live music in pubs, ban on live music in restaurants and hotels. That sector now are 440 days closed. The music and entertainment sector, 440 days uh, closed. Um, And when they do eventually get back to reopen during the summer, my understanding is that live music will not be part of the mix. Some musicians across the country are devastated at that news, I'm sure. They were late to the pub payment in the first place. And really, you know, when the pubs come back and traditional pubs come back, there'll be nobody left outside the loop except people in, in, in the creative arts and musicians. So the Q&A makes the mail today then as to, you know, what's going to happen? Um, what about kids? Well, it's interesting because outdoors at a table, you've got a 15 people at a table, uh, but the children um, have to be the majority of them. Six adults and the balance of them uh, must be children, uh, but they must, they, they deem a child to be under the age of 12, you know, things like that. So big tables. Mind you, on the Independent this morning, there are medics saying, Professor Anthony Staines at Dublin City University uh, is saying in the Independent this morning that we're going back too fast. Plans for dining at single tables outdoors is risky. Numbers are high and we'll get into serious trouble if we move this fast. That's what's happening in the live scenario and news feeds online this morning. Hospitality guidelines welcomed on Side is a story from this morning's uh, Echo. It's their front page. They talk with different players in the uh, hospitality game this morning, including, I see, a very interesting interview uh, with Mike Ryan, the uh, Cork chairman of the Wrestling Association in, in Ireland, but he's the Cork branch manager. He talks about, um, you know, what they're expecting. And I suppose everybody needs to be uh, optimistic going forward. He's got Cockpool and he's got um, he's got the corn, corn store. COVID support will continue until October. I deem October to be the autumn, don't you? So that would be the to the end of the third quarter, if you like, and COVID payments will, will continue. COVID welfare business supports, they won't be touched or scaled back according to the times until possibly the first of uh, October. And the Besber story, I think that's very interesting. On board Panola have refused planning permission now uh, to uh, to build an apartment development on the lands in Besber. And the survivors of the mother in Besber uh, baby homes say that this is the first time they've gotten any form of justice. I think those are powerful words. In everything and anything they've tried to achieve, achieve in the past, this is the first form of justice. So, um, why was it knocked back? Well, because on board Planola just wasn't satisfied that the site that they want to build the apartments on, that the site was not previously used and does not contain a children's burial ground. So what happens next? Do we now move on to finding out 
what is actually beneath the clay. I mean, the mother and baby homes uh, group uh, think that the state should buy Besbra to prevent any development ever. Uh, and of course, uh, that's a story that obviously will have many more chapters. You know, I know that I mentioned in the past that I did the theory test online twice and I failed. And, I, and I'll do a third. Um, I will. I just haven't got around to it, but I will. But what, what, what interests me is apparently, and I don't know how this will happen, apparently you will be able to do your driver theory test online. Now, how can you do that without preventing people from cheating? Uh, I don't know, but anyway, that's just an interesting moment. It's already hit a technical problem, according to the examiner this morning. Because if you're a Mac user, you won't be able to sit the online driver theory test. You've got to be um, uh, a Windows PC user. And you've got to um, run Google Chrome. <laughs> so... What do people with Macs do if they want to do the theory test? Watch out for that Black Widow spider. It also has a cousin that's just as dangerous, apparently. Um, and tabloids love frightening people with stories like this. But apparently the Black Widow is a deadly one. And we know of it. And they're here. And it could end up in hospital. And you could get tremors, blood pressure, uh, nausea, um, wounds at the site, bacterial infections. You'd never go outside. You'd never go outside your door, but what if it comes into that? You know, outside your door, you ever have anybody of these bird feeders that you have in your garden? I mean, I have them, and you put nuts and seeds into these holders, and they hang down, and the birds do their thing. You can also get these other Yoko Mabob contraptions, and you can put fat balls into them, and it's lovely watching the balls. There's a story in the Times that said that some birds are bullying other birds and some birds do much better at the feeders than others. Like, did you ever see the crows or the blackbirds or the magpies? They're massive and they have a go at the feeders and they they mess everything up, really. They can break them sometimes. I mean, I had a feeder that was taken away, literally, just disappeared. Don't tell me that was a rat now. Please tell me it was a big bird that flew away with it. But they're saying that the blue tits are bullies, and they're not big birds. Like they're reasonably small birds. You know, the ones that think they have a yellow chest. Um, but apparently, it's not fair. It's not equitable, the bird feeder, because some birds bully others and some get all of it and others get punted away. Uh, other things then with regards to the outdoors. Another story from the Times. If you can't jog, then run a bath to keep fit. Oh, it's a great cheat, isn't it? Apparently, they say you can get the same benefits from a bath as you can with a jog. I mean, hold on to that one. Uh, listen, you know, with regards to, to lockdown and the things people are doing, the Mirror this morning has a warning from dentists. Apparently, this is the latest TikTok craze. Would you believe that people are filing their teeth with nail files? They end up having to go to the dentist for corrective work. Some of them end up having to go to hospital. And it's a concern, this latest craze. Um, app users on TikTok are sharing videos because people are just absolutely obsessed about having straight and white teeth. So they are filing their teeth, apparently. Um, that's a, and a lot, lot of people actually are going to be an awful lot more as we head back into the open air and meeting people again. A lot of people, I'm told, are getting very self-conscious about their teeth because people are going to be seeing them for the first time. I know, I know. Where do we go with stories like this? I mean, if you look at, you know, the way the world is run and you look at Dominic Cummings and all of the Dom bombs that were dropped yesterday, you know, talking about Boris and talking about Matt Hancock and, you know, how they were late to the party and, you know, they didn't take COVID seriously and everybody was skiing and he was running around the place like a blue ass fly. 
You wonder how much of that could be transferred to the Dáil or to Fianna Fáil or indeed to Fianna Gael. But things they are a-changing. And the Mail this morning says that for the first time ever, in fact, since Portmore Marnock Golf Club opened in 1894, women are going to be allowed play golf there. This is Ireland's or one of Ireland's most prestigious golf courses. So for the first time in 127 years... They voted. They voted many, many times, but it was always knocked back. But this time, uh, the vote was 83% in favor of removing the ban on female golfers and 16 nearly 17% against. You'd love to talk to the 17% that voted against removing the ban, wouldn't you? To hear the reasons why. So that's an interesting one because that's been doing the rounds for quite some time. Port Marnock and women not being allowed to play golf. Your thoughts on that are welcome. Uh, I'm quite sure if, uh, if we drilled into it, would we be able to find anywhere in the world that men were not allowed? You know, places... Um, activities, anything that is 100% a female domain. Well, there's one less now from the point of view of men, and that's Port Marnock Golf Club. Lines open at 1850 You can text 0868 All right, uh, unfortunately, uh, our screens are down this morning, so I have no activity whatsoever in the whole wide earthly world. So it's just you and me. Uh, but we'll potter along of that, you can be sure, and pick it up after the break. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil Red FM. Okay, apologies for that. That's the worst kind of a start you could ever have, where everything just literally shuts down and nobody seems to know why, but I think we're coming back again, which is good. Um, must, be, must, be, must be what it feels like to be hacked. <laughs> anyway, lines open 1850-104-106. You can text 0868-104-106. Well, it's proof positive, at least this radio program is live. To the phone lines we go. Anya McLaughlin at the Harp Bar. Anya, good morning. Hi, Neil. How are you? Have you a bit more clarity now as to what you can and can't do, say, on the 7th of June? Certainly you don't know what's going to happen in July, but we have an idea, don't we? Yeah, we have an idea from what was released yesterday. Um, my problem with that is that you're going back to time limit slots they're talking about for July, okay? Yeah. So you're looking... Now, I'm not talking about our bar personally, but I'm looking at smaller bars that are pumping whatever money they can to do up outside for outdoor dining, okay? Yeah. That may have to reclose their doors come July if this time limit comes back in again. Right, your time. Why, why wouldn't they just in, like? Why wouldn't they just continue to use the outdoors? But not not every. Would you um, go to a bar for outdoor dining or drinks if you're an eighty year old man or woman sitting out in the cold? I'm thinking of the older generation here. Yeah, the younger generation will do it, but you have an awful lot of older generation that's missing the the personal feeling of the bar not the drink but that fact that they can go in and they can have their chat it's their livelihood okay I'm thinking of my own extra neighbour who's 81 who ha- who leaves his bedroom for a walk during the day and goes back to bed because he can't go to the pub to sit down for two or three hours for two pints you know yeah, yeah. I, I think it's I think it's it's unfair to smaller smaller bars now not us personally we have the size bar to do it but I just think for musicians that are not being able to allow earn an income. It's kind of going to be very weird that we'll be, you'll be able to go to a cinema, but you won't be able to listen to yeah. a guy or a girl, a duet or a small band in the corner. And, and you know, and that's it. You don't have to get up and dance. It's the fact that someone can sit and rock in their chair and have fun with their, whether they're 
which are at the table. You have people who have messaged me the last few days who are fully vaccinated, who are also in their 70s, and asking if they can prove that they have their full vaccination, how come they're not allowed to sit inside come the 7th of June, okay? So you have people queuing up for takeaway pints, and we're doing takeaway pints ourselves, but they can't queue up once the outdoor dining comes in. What's the difference? Can you not designate one person per table to queue to, for the bar for that table? It'll it'll lay off money. People will be able to sustain a business by not having. But takeaway points, takeaway points will continue in in June and July. They will. Yeah. So you can queue up at a hatch or at your bar for your takeaway pint, but you can't queue up if you're outdoor if you're outdoor. Sitting. But but you will be able to. A lot of the outdoor dining in the restaurants and the bars will be walk-ins. Uh, I imagine an awful lot of them won't take bookings. It'll be too messy. It, it will be too messy. And we ourselves are victims of that where we had before we were shut at Christmas where you had people booking tables. So you were turning people away because you had nowhere to put them and that booking didn't show up and you're left with empty tables. Okay, okay yeah. My, 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 my point here, Neil, is outdoor dining and for pubs, you're not allowed to leave your table. It has to be table service only. So you can go and queue up at a different section for your takeaway pint. What's the difference with sitting at the bar or sitting outside the bar? Ah, Dad, sitting at the bar. Sitting at the bar. That's that's an indoor thing. No, I'm on about outdoor dining. They're still not allowed to queue up for the pint. It's table service only. Okay, but what what, what do we know? We know about the second and the hotels and B&Bs and all the guest houses. The seventh then is all of the outdoor. Let's say that it's the first, let's say that it's the first of July, right? And that means that pubs and restaurants will be able to open and serve indoors. Now, all of yeah. the doors will have to be left open, all of the windows will have to be left open, there will be restrictions of the amount of people at the table. Six people over the age of 13 can gather at one table. Yeah. And they can have 15 if, if there's the rest of them are, are kids. Are if 30, if yeah. it's two metres apart, there are no time limits. If yeah. the tables are a metre apart, it's 105 minutes. You can't drink at the bar. You can go into a bar with your mates and sit down and drink away all night if the bar is happy with that and the tables are two metres apart. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that where we're at now? That's where we're at. But what about smaller pubs who can't sustain the two metre because it wouldn't be worth their way to reopen? I think a lot of those pubs will be discretionary themselves. I know of pubs you know, in rural I, Ireland I, that never impose those rules. But why? Like, Neil, because they want to survive and they'll use cop on. They will. But you take your takeaway pints, right? Now, we've been doing takeaway pints and only last week I had to tell a crowd move away if they can't drink it on the premises outside the door. And they turned around to me and they said, well, how come my friend is down in such or such a pub and they're allowed drinking the car park in the bar? They're allowed going and use their toilets. Why is it one rule for one bar and one rule for another bar? You have people queuing for hours going into retail that reopen, and I welcome them to reopen. But their their queues, queuing systems are not maintained. They're not socially distanced. What's the difference with queuing at a bar where you can be maintained with your two meter per person away to wait for your drink? So it's just the queuing at a bar. It's it's, the, it's it's not even the queuing of the bar. It's the outdoor dining of it. I can't understand where you can queue to go into a pub to t- get your takeaway drink, okay? Yeah. But what, come the 7th of June, you are not allowed to leave your table 
but you're outdoors. You're, it's not being drunk in the premises. It's on the premises, oh. but not inside. Oh, and also indoors in July when it happens, you can't move around no, except to go to the loo, the toilet, and you must wear your cigarette, and you yeah, must you wear, must your, wear mask. your mask. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You know, you you musicians. What like? What harm is someone who can provide two meter space all around them to allow someone sit in a corner and belt out a few songs and get get the atmosphere going? They're in no danger to anyone. You so, know. So this is also you're also making the point on behalf of musicians who are still yeah, out of work and, and we, it looks we, as we if we'll be a across lot of the music yeah. and it's quite sad for them. They also have families. You know, it's they're they're gone worse than anyone else. Will you be one meter or two meters? We have been two metres and one metre and I will be doing two metres. We will lose tables inside, but I would rather give people the option of staying as long as they want in a controlled atmosphere than having to tell them to leave after an hour and 45 minutes. You'll do what? That I will be doing two metre distance. So that you don't have to get people to just go? No. I, I think it's unfair. I think for a local bar, okay, so you're going back to your okay. one one hour, 45 minutes, Neil, and you're going from pub to pub to pub to pub. But that is an why interesting not? point. It actually you know, will lead to more pub crawls. No, it will lead to more pub crawls. It will. And you're, like you go into a supermarket, Neil, or a retail, and you can stay as long as you want. And you're touching clothes and you're putting them up to you and you're seeing if they fit you. But you can't, but you have to leave a pub after now in 45 minutes. Okay, okay. Well, controlled atmosphere. Well, well, I'm, I think it's the announcement is tomorrow, isn't it, with regards to what will happen tomorrow, in July? Yeah. Okay. And that's another thing, right? They're saying we can open on the 7th of June for outdoor dining. They're giving us a week and a half notice of what to expect. I mean, that's... That's not good enough. Okay, okay. Listen, I know uh, you're not in a position to talk about the alleged breaches, the allegations of breaches at the Harp Bar, are you? Because that's before the courts. No, that's still before the courts, so I can't discuss that. Okay, okay. Uh, but was there a, was there an outbreak at the Harp? There, there was an outbreak, but we don't know where it came from. Okay. I okay. myself, and I said it to you before after Christmas, I myself had got it. You know, I yeah. have two parents who are cancer patients, and I, for one, would not, in my world, put their lives in danger or in jeopardy of, you know, spreading, thinking someone had it and not saying anything. Okay. So are you awaiting another court date? Is that where we're at at the moment? Yes, we're waiting on another court date, yeah. Okay, so I can't talk about it because it's before no. the courts. Appreciate that. Okay, we'll talk again on you and maybe get an opportunity to talk in the future when there's more clarity for July, okay? Yeah, um, I have, um, if you want to give to some of your listeners, I have three lots of four mix and match cocktails to give away once they can prove ID and you can send me an email or something or a message with the names of people that want it if you want to give I them away. I can do that. I can Just bang me off an email because I'll forget, will you? Bang me off an yeah. email, neil at redfm.ie. Okay, thanks yeah, a lot. No Cheers for now, Anya at the Harp. Uh, Stephen Hackett has uh, the Super Nana's Bar in Douglas Street. Stephen, good morning. Morning, Ed. Uh, are you clear? Are you confused? Are you happy? I'm never happy, but uh, look, we, we, we have to go go what they're telling us to do. But I mean, it, it's it's getting to a point where we just kind of need to open. You know, um, there was a date at least. I mean, guidelines are grand, but a date we, we don't have a date. You know, the outside is, is grand, but looking for the inside, it, it's it's really dragging on now for the you know, the people who have small pubs or you know. It's really dragging on for us. So for a small pub then that will open without any food, uh, say on the 1st of July. Um, Potentially. Uh, yeah. Uh, they will be allowed to serve at tables. People will be allowed to stay as long as they want drinking in these pubs. 
if the tables are two metres apart? If they're two metres, one metre, yeah, you have, you have the time limit then, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's, like, you, it, it, it's, it's the same rules as it was back in the yeah. them two weeks ago. And does that, is that, will that be disappointing news? Um, I, I, Joanna, I, I, I liked them two weeks we opened the last time. I enjoyed it. It was busy. People were happy. Didn't mind doing table service. Now there was the extra cost of putting on extra staff and a um, bit of extra because you have more people on the floor um, doing table service or lecture and stuff. But um, uh, look, I, I was just listening to the girl before there and, and we, you know, I, I can see people breaking rules all over the place at the moment, you know, inside and outside. There's, there's, there's pubs all over the country opened and, you know, and I'm not one to talk about it. But they're, not, you, they're open now. Yeah, to to two to, to people who aren't you know who know about it, but you know whether they're, they're being turned to blind light too, I, I don't know. But there's, there's, there's pubs all over the country. Well, I I do know that during Cheltenham, which was primarily televised, uh, no no punters at it. There were pubs up up the country invite only for Cheltenham for the week, and they never got a call from the guards. Well, don't tell you. And 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 imagine people got COVID in them. Look, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's people doing the right thing. I'm not, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I'm sure they'll do the right thing and, and stay closed until we, we can open. And then when we open, I'll, I'll put all the guidelines or the, the right things in place, which we've done the last time. Um, but there's, there's other people probably into abusing their position and, and opening and don't care. Um, and it, it's, it's shameful because... I mean, I, I think we should all be in the same boat. But as a publican, do you know of any cork pubs? that have been open on the slide. Well, you know what I mean, not open, but certainly to the chosen few. Well, I wouldn't be telling you, mate, on here. No, I'm not, I'm not talking about names, but do you know, uh, do you have evidence of it? Um, I do, but I, I, I'm not going to say that, so. Okay, 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 okay. Um, so, so just finally then, would you prefer that all pubs then, under the guidelines that they're proposing, would be allowed to start on the 2nd of June? All pubs. And just, just give us a date. You know, I, I, I mean, I have a lot of UK involvement and I mean, I've been in pubs in the UK. Mm. And there's no problem. I mean, the UK is opening, Northern Ireland's opened, and it just seems like the UK do something first and then the government in Ireland just want to okay. follow suit there or did they look at some other country and we're watching some other I don't think we have people that are going to make a decision for the benefit of the people or business you know businesses that are suffering you know and it's just unfortunate that I, I thought it's just very frustrating at the moment you know because we don't know it's like a, a carrot being dangled in front of us we can never catch it and we just What's going on? Well, you kind of do know, but you just want the date, and you think that p- people need to get back to normality. I think you put it as humanity, is it? But that all yeah. we talk about is COVID, not people's mental health or people dying from cancer, yeah. just COVID. Yeah, but people's mental health is a big, is a big thing, you know, and, and there's people who have businesses who are, who are really struggling. I mean, and, and, and they, they need to open up. Um, but I, 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 you can guarantee, guarantee now, you might not see it now. But because people are getting the CRSS payments, businesses are getting all that kind of stuff. But I can guarantee when, when, when pubs do get the date and then they open, 
you'll, you'll hear of businesses that won't be reopening because they're, they're, just, they're going to get the CRSS payments until they can open. And they'll, as they'll take the payments as long as they can, knowing that they never That's intend right. to reopen. Yeah, of course. Right. Well, why, would, why wouldn't they? They've paid enough tax over the years. I know, but, and we won't know that until October when the, when the pop and the grants end. Yeah, so we won't, we won't know through all that. You know, so there mean people will... There'll be a pub open, not, not open in July or August, and then they say, oh, is that pub opening? But they'll just stay closed because like, there's guidelines involved, so there's restrictions involved. So once the restrictions involves, you're entitled not to, like, just say, Frank, like, it's a small public to high B now or something. Then how are you going to do one metre or two metre distance in there? Yeah, I know. I know. Is it feasible for them to open? And also, the bar counter is a very predominant part of that bar as well. So you walk in, what are you going to have? Two tables of six, 12 people, and, and they're probably not even going to be a metre apart. It's just, yeah, well, I mean, I hope, they, uh, I hope they're viable enough to be able to work under those those restrictions. We'll have to. Yeah, but like, is, is, is 12 people going to be enough to open up here? Well, yeah, and it would be 12 people on a Friday night and a Saturday night as well. No, I get what you're saying, Stephen. Thank you so much. I'm going to plough on with some more calls. That's Stephen Hackett from Nana's Bar. But what we do know is when everybody else is coming back, musicians won't be. Amongst them, uh, Pat Fitz. Pat, good morning. Neil, good morning. How are you? I just read this morning, 440 days and nights closed. I mean, that's like a year and a half. Yeah, March 14th was our last gig. And I remember sitting down... We were down at Clarny, sitting down, waiting to play for a wedding. I remember saying to our buddies, or to the band, oh, look, we'll be back in May. And then we're like, oh, look, we're definitely back in August. And then we're definitely back for Christmas, and here we are, what, 15 months later. So why are they talking about outdoor gigs and, and concerts outdoor and music festivals and things like that? I think I, I was susceptible to that. I, I kind of got my hopes up this time. All year last year, I, I gave up putting a date on it and just said, whatever happens, happens. But... With everything going so well and numbers and, and vaccines going out, I thought this could be the light at the end of the tunnel. And there was a few pubs booking outdoor gigs and I got excited and I thought I was coming back and then the guidelines yesterday. Um, I think everyone got excited, Neil, and, and everyone's just very disappointed now again today. Because that means um, that no live music in pubs, restaurants, hotels, etc., etc. And oh, also and nothing outdoors either. No, no. So I, I'm not one to complain or give out, but I mean, if you can have a couple of thousand people at a game match, surely, you know, me sitting in a corner a few metres away from people is not going to do much harm. No, I know they're probably afraid of people getting up dancing and stuff like that, but that can be monitored. Like, you know, if people start getting up dancing, you can tell them, sit down or take it easy, you know? And do we have any comparables within Northern Ireland or the UK with regards to your industry? Uh, how many of them are back? Are they back? I don't know, Neil, to be honest. I really don't know. I know they, they did a few live test gigs and stuff, and they're talking about doing that here in June, which would be welcome, which would be great. Um, but, but you I, don't I, know I, if they're I, indoors in pubs or if there's a band at a wedding in Northern Ireland? I don't. I don't. Um, but I don't see... I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not putting dates on anymore, Neil. You know? Just we keep the head down, we got through it this far, and we'll, we'll, we'll hang on and we'll come back. But the, the other thing is... What has everybody uh, done? All of the musicians, all of those in the dramatic arts, things like that. What have they done? A lot of people are trying to keep creatively active online. I think that's a big thing. And a, a lot of people are, you know, putting PayPal links at the bottom of their live streams. And I think that's helping you group it too. Like, you know, they're, they're surviving. But people are saying that, you know, as soon as things open up, you'll be busier than ever. But it, it's going to take a long time to get back to where we were because 
like like pubs and and like big events won't be back that quickly, and if they do, they'll be restricted. So, and and the other side of it is that, and I sound very moany now. I don't mean to be moany, but the, the the other thing is that um, we're going to have to retrain, and I'm going to have to relearn a couple of hundred songs. You know, they've gone out of my head now over the last year and a half. So even I'm actually you might have heard of Gemma Sugu. She's a fantastic vocalist. Yes, so yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. I'm actually doing an Instagram live with her tonight, just for singers who. Well, I thought we might be going back singing earlier than we were are, but so we're doing a thing tonight just to because my voice doesn't. It's not as um, I won't be hitting the notes I was hitting a year ago, like not straight away. So. I'll be going to talking to her tonight about retraining and, and getting oh, back uh, to where we were. You know, so are you, dis- you, know, are you despondent? Like you sound despondent. I am a small, and I was fine. I was. I'm a very positive person, but the last week now, it just because we thought we were near the end of the tunnel, and now the kind of carpet's been ripped from under us again. You know, so I would be a small bit disappointed, right? And I'd be very optimistic as a person. You know, I mean, if anybody outside of your business were in the same situation where we weren't able to work and we had to do other things or nothing at all for 440 days, I think we can all appreciate how you must be feeling. Yeah, and as I said, I'm very positive, but the last week, all right, was just because we got our hopes up a small bit. And I, I, I kept my hopes down all year, and uh, I said, whatever happens, happens. But it just really looked like we were coming to the end of it. But I, I, I believe that the guidelines will fall at you. They have to be reviewed, and the government will put out the official statement Friday. So there might be room to change there, or... It might um, June might go very well, and we might do outdoor gigs in July. You know, that's maybe. But this is a fault to Ireland guideline, if I'm correct, isn't it? Ban on live music. Yeah, yeah. So, for my limited knowledge, I think the government have a think about this for a few days now, and they're putting out an official statement on Friday. Would I be right there? Well, there is there's a big pushback, and TDs are savaging parts of the guidelines, including your industry. So we'll have to see if that pressure makes any difference. Yeah, but like I said, I'm not going to get my hopes up now anymore. If if it does, I'll be incredibly happy. But if you know, I try not to be as disappointed as I was yesterday. You know. All right, my man. Well, look, do stay in touch. Thanks for stopping by this morning. Appreciate it as always. Thanks for talking to me. Look after yourself. Cheers. Take care. New hospitality guidelines will mean customers also need to leave the restaurants and leave all pubs by half past eleven. Don't know what the date will be. Could be the 1st of July. Could be the 7th of July. I don't know. I'm just picking numbers from the from the sky. Just a fast one here from Johnny Bongos. Get his thoughts on it briefly ahead of the break. Johnny, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Good morning, listeners. How so, are you, Neil? So no roadmap, nothing? Um, no we- roadmap, no nothing, Neil. We've been put under a bus by Father Island. It's as simple as that. So Father Island have kind of jumped the gun. They've jumped the gun a bit ahead of the government, haven't they? They have jumped the gun, Neil, and, and, and the trouble is, like, you know, every year the tourists come over to our country for the music and everything, and we're the first ones out of the traps, Neil, to support Fort Island, to get the people into the country, you know, and next thing, watch your number bus. I do feel for Pat, I feel for all the musicians, I feel for everybody. Well, we're just getting prepared, like, as Pat said there, well, we're getting prepared, we're getting everything ready because I haven't played over a year and a half, no? Well, played a show. Mm. I haven't played over a year and a half. I'm trying to get together, get stuff organized, you know? And next thing, crash, bang, wallop. Yeah. What were you expecting or what were you hoping that music would come was, back when um, the pubs oh, opened oh, indoors? Oh, 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 outdoors, yeah, outdoors. Oh, outdoors, you know? yeah. Outdoors would have worked on the 7th of June, wouldn't Perfect, it? Neil. Perfect, absolutely. And I wish every musician and everybody involved in the music well and keep our heads up 
and do our best and to make sure I hope that the government will change their mind tomorrow to let us get back to what we do best to entertain the people because people have been suffering now for But would people stay sitting um, or would they congregate or dance or be hugging or doing the Siege of Venice or... What, what could be done, Neil, is there could be a sit-down session concert, only sit-down only. It could be managed, no problem at all. Would they, be able to do, would they be able to do an indoors in Dabaras with people two metres apart? Highly unlikely. They could, they could. They, could they? they could. That, that's that lovely venue. They could, of course. We, okay. we could, people, we could, we could organise, organise it, okay, Neil, just to get back, you know, because, I mean, as Pat said there, I want to go, just good said there, that we'll have to go back to uh, school or college to learn how to play and sing again the way things are going, yeah, you, know? Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and a big congratulations to yourself, Neil, and to your team for all the help you're giving us and all the hard work you're doing for everybody in the city. You've Not been a all. fantastic, fantastic uh, ambassador to all of us. All right, stay you in touch as always. Know. Good luck to you and for now. Thank you for your fire, sir. Bye-bye. Take now. care. Bye. Johnny Bongos. Text 0868104106. Back after the break. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Pull in all those texts if you can, Brenda, and people with regards to things that are exclusively female. Mentioned this earlier on that still 16.6% of the members of Port Marnock Golf Club voted against allowing women to join their golf club. Voted against allowing women play golf in Port Marnock. But after 127 years, majority rules and women will be allowed to play golf in Port Marnock for the first time in a long, ever actually, at that golf club. Eddie says, I heard the news this morning about women being allowed to play at Port Marnock Golf Club from now on. I'm all for equal rights, but why can't they just leave men to have their own little sacred place rather than being surrounded by women all of the time? How about if I decide to go down to the women's only gym here in Cork? I tell you, they'd be calling your show about me. Later on, I might ring... Up, ring up on the phone itsforwomen.ie and get car insurance. Ah, but no, I wouldn't be allowed to get a quote because I'm a man. How is it fair that when women can't play in certain golf clubs, it's discrimination, but they allow women-only gyms and women-only insurance? Very hypocritical in my eyes. Can they not just leave things to us men and this one thing to us men and back off a little bit says Eddie love the show by email he says one of the lines in there is I'm all for equal rights but why can't they just leave men to have their own little sacred place rather than being surrounded by women all of the time I would think that it was a lovely thing to be surrounded by women all of the time. And then other examples that people have given me, all female domains, maternity hospitals at the moment. (laughs) I think you're having a bit of a laugh there. Women's changing rooms, women only gyms, convents, ladies toilets, baby changing rooms. It's for women.ie car insurance. Are there any more than that? Keep them coming. Text 0868104106. Jerry, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Your, speaking. your thoughts? Uh, Are you a golfer? I, I tell you, I mean, just as a bit of a humour side, well, and, uh, and, and the truth side, women's only domain, women's toilets. And I've, I've only met very few men and very few women who want communal toilets. Like, like, to be honest with you, Neil, to be totally honest, I'd like to piss on my own without any woman looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> this hour of a Thursday morning thank you very much I mean but I've heard a few men and a few women I've heard Jacqueline and Jacks 
say, saying that the, this discrimination that we can't that we can't have a communal toilet. I actually have very few men on very few women. I think only three men and two women. But I know, I, in all honesty, Neil, and I'm, I'm, I'm not being specific. You know, that there's, I mean, there, you know, I heard somewhere at the weekend that they have invented some kind of a new modern super loo for women where they're, well, they'll be able to go to the loo. I don't know how, I haven't seen the designs for much faster because women feel discriminated against because there's always queues at the women's loos, particularly at events, but there never really is at a man's. And that's why you see women queuing at the men's. Yeah, it's a bit more difficult. I would admit that, all right. But I mean, I'd leave well alone. For, I'd leave the jacks for the men and the jacquelines for the women. But I think there should be more. I don't think women actually would be all that happy to be peeing in the same place as a man because... They, they would not. They would not. I mean, the vast majority of women, I mean, they've, I've heard that. Like, I mean, not in a million years. And not in a million years would most men go into a communal toilet. No, I think leave well alone, have jacquelines for women, as one lady said to me years ago, and have jacks for men. But what about, uh, what about golf? Somebody was saying there... Oh, no, that should be equal. Look, but having said that, saying they're equal, some are, and I'd be against it, supposing a, lo- a, a, a load of ladies came together and decided, listen, we want a tennis-only club. We're sick and tired of having men watching us playing tennis. We want a men's, a men's-only club. And then we want a women's-only golf club. No, that's ridiculous. I think there should be 50% all God clubs, all tennis clubs, all squash clubs. They should have equal rights. What would the men be afraid of with regards to women playing golf in Port Marek? Is that they'd be too slow? See how bad they are. (laughs) See how bad the men... (laughs) (laughs) Good answer. answer. That would be the main worry. The women would show the men up. (laughs) Well, that's the the second biggest worry. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love it, I love it, I love it. All right, cheers, Pat. Thanks a lot. alone without any lady watching at me. Neither. Thank you, Jerry. Take care. Dan, good morning. How are you? I'm good. Are you on a speakerphone there? No. Okay. Anyway, what, what's on your mind with regards to um, the, 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 you know, getting rid of exclusively male golf clubs? Uh, and I'm just wondering, are there places that are still exclusively female? Like a man can now get his nail done, nails, his brows, can go to a beauty salon, can go to a hairdresser's. So, um, what are your thoughts? Because the women are after turning him into that way. But listen to me a second. <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe listen so. to me a second, my dear friend. Man is entitled to a break away from women. You know? Yeah. Not so long. But there was a pub up in Valley Street. That was mean mean only pub. I remember years and years ago they had the snugs in pubs where women That's had to right. go into the smoke. There are still examples of those snugs. It's the, the proper place. Well, and even getting a bunch of chickens, like you know, you're going to pay your Ah, not at all, man. No, but there was also I know that there was a pub in Douglas years back, even up into the eighties, I think, early eighties, where women were not served pints, only glasses. Well, you know, days are gone anyway. But anyway, my dear friend. Man needs to break through because I tell the wife, you know, you, you can imagine being hit and picked at home all the time, like, you know, and the next thing you go into the pub, and the next thing she is, she's she, she, she padding in there. So that shouldn't be allowed. <laughs> you mean, <laughs> you're saying women shouldn't be allowed into the pub? Well, they, I think they should have their own pubs. <laughs> Put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what, I want to go to Cairn Insurance, like, you know, that's, that's, that, that's a scam. Where, where there are cheaper insurance for women? I tell you. I tell you something often there's an awful lot of women out on the road and they're driving too slow. 
They must be getting cheaper insurance than men because they're safer drivers than men, surely. They're not. I tell you about the other cars of an automobile. There's an awful lot of accidents. I'll be honest about it. Just driving too slow, I'll be a bit too careful. Hold on a second. I'll eat. Hi, Neil. I had much time to prepare. How are you? Would he be a male chauvinist? Absolutely, yeah. Not to talk. Yes. I'm telling you, we're far better drivers than any man on earth, right? What's your car? What's your car insurance, Eileen? Or leash? How much do you pay? Uh, around the four, three fifty, four hundred. Which is it? Uh, three fifty. Okay, three fifty. What's your car insurance premium, Dan? Yes, mileage only six hundred. What? Mileage only six hundred. So, so his is six hundred. And uh, Eilish is three fifty. Why is yours a hundred two hundred and fifty euro cheaper than his? I'm a safe driver, and I'm with, <laughs> I'm driving with years, and I have no points. I have no uh, claims bonus, and yeah. Okay, Dan, yeah. do you have a no claims bonus? Yes, I do. Yeah. Are you driving years? I am. I'm the majority. We will just see what you like. Hang on a second. Hold on a second. Do you have any penalty points? No, nothing. Okay, so there's no difference between the two of you then, apart from the fact that one is male and one is female, and there's 250 euro on the difference in insurance. P- please, somebody explain to me why that is. One sec, one sec. Why is that? Sorry? Why is that? He's the very same. He has no penalty points. He's driving years. He's a full license. He's an no claims bonus. Um, I suppose because... Um, yeah, what would I say? Uh, when I ring up, I get the best deals, and I'm a real pleasant person. So um, I speak. Not a lot of bull. It's not a lot of bull. Why is your insurance two hundred and fifty euro cheaper? Dan, do you shop around? I do, yeah. So he does everything you do. What age is Dan? I, 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 that, that's for me to know. You okay, no problem. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Not a problem. Um, Let's say you're both it, the same age. It depends, on, it depends on age as well, like, you know. Uh, yeah, anyway, you sound I'm, like a mature woman yourself, right? Pardon? You sound like a very mature woman yourself. Oh, I'm mature, all right, but I'm absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> I'm sure you are. <laughs> really pretty. Do you play golf? I don't play golf. Right, okay. No. Come here. I, I don't go to fitness gyms because I have a lovely figure. Right. What is it they say? What is it they say about golf? G O L F. Gentlemen only, ladies forbidden. But I want to what's that guy's name again? Dan the man. Dan the man. Oh, like our fantastic horror here in Waterford. Maybe car insurance is cheaper in Waterford. <laughs> Let me have my say, right? Okay. Okay. First of all, I want to say to him that only for women, he wouldn't be on this earth to play golf. <laughs> She's right, she's right, she's right. I'm fucking dead right. Absolutely. We procreate <laughs> so that men can play golf, right? You don't have to go to your neighbour. No, no, you said, you said, what was it, the words you said again earlier on with the start of this, that men should be entitled to play golf on their own and get away from being surrounded by women. Sure, they wouldn't be able to play at all if they weren't here. Listen a second, listen a second, there's such a thing as a man shed, right? No, the oh, women yeah, are, I know they're, them. They're, they're, they're getting in there. Are they? 
Oh ja. Oh ja, jeg har det Are women left probably, into man, men's sheds? They're probably bringing you sandwiches because you'll be starving. <laughs> you think yeah. he can't make a sandwich for himself? He said you should just drop the sandwiches at the front door. <laughs> I go. <laughs> I wouldn't do it for sure okay Uh, but listen is it okay Uh, one more little point you know you were on there about the points you know they wouldn't serve women Uh, I lived in Cork many years up Montserrat direction and uh, we used to frequent the country club quite often yeah and myself and my friend a girl friend um, uh, we were at the Montanato Hotel it used to be at the country club at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And we went in and we are two pints of Heineken or something, you know. Yeah. Like I say, this is years ago, Neil. They landed two half glasses beside our pints. Why is our thing right to see what they gave you? They gave you the pints with a half, an empty half pint glass. Yes. So you were supposed to decant them as you drank. Yes. What did you do? Yeah. We just left the two empty glasses on the counter and took away our two pints. What do you make of that, Dan? If you're out early in the morning, right, you're going to drive me along and say this whole thing's got any major road like that's a Dublin road. The amount of women that's putting on their powders and lipstick and all this doing themselves up in the car and you're using two hands. Sure, that's stupid because I never leave the house without being perfect. All right, let me get let me get some more thoughts and calls on this. I may well bring Dan back on. Text 0868104106, by phone. Thank you, Eilish. Thank you, Dan. Back after 10. Hey, it's Killian. Join me Sundays from 10 for loads of music, a bit of chat, and my mildly interesting facts of the weekend. It's the Sunday 10 to 2 show with Killian on Cork's Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM Okay This is the Neil Prenderville Show With another 500 euro voucher to give away again Later this morning Courtesy of ourselves in the furniture centre On the Watercourse Road, Blackpool We will play Talk on a Topic Three contestants, 30 seconds each To talk on a topic of my choosing Um, uh, We will give you a number to pick Whatever that number corresponds with You will talk on that topic for 30 seconds Okay, like yesterday we did Things like the best character in a book I've ever read That was a winner actually and uh, in fact she'd never read a book she pretended but the 30 seconds won um, okay so we'll do that just before uh, midday today courtesy of ourselves and the furniture centre on the watercourse road and again reminding you they have free delivery free removal of all your old furniture and free assembly you don't have to be bothered putting it all together they all they'll do all that for you and all free of charge lines open one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. so come back to calls in a few minutes time but if I don't do this you know we're talking about having fun and having a laugh and a bit of nostalgia it's a lovely story in the mirror today where they did some uh, research and asked hundreds of thousands of people I don't know how many but lots of different people I think it was about a thousand people um, who were parents of two to seven year olds uh, and they were asking them to uh, you know come up with the top 20 lines from either cartoons or from kids movies or you know beloved children's TV and film catchphrases and they come up with 20 in total now I'm not in a position to play uh, all 20 but they're talking about uh, lots and lots of uh, different shows and and you know some of them aren't over the last 5 or 10 years they go back an awful lot further than that but there are 20 in total but here are 6 of the top 10 so you should recognise all of these without me saying a single word ok here we go let it go let it go 
That was number one, apparently. That's the most popular of them all. Let it go from Frozen. But at number three, at number three. To infinity and beyond. Ah, yes, indeedy. The main man, Buzz Lightyear himself. And winding the clock back in fifth position. And watch out, Doc. The great Bugs Buddy. And again from yesteryear. Coming in at number six in the top ten. Yabba Dabba Doo <laughs> Yabba Dabba Doo is right I'd love to re-watch a lot of that I wonder if they're still showing that That's the great Fred Flintstone from the Flintstones And what number did this come in at? Let me have a look at this uh, Oh yeah, just outside the top ten One of the most famous of them all I thought I tore a ponytail <laughs> That's worth playing again I thought I tore a ponytail And outside then, going way back when they started doing puppetry and you could tell that they were learning at the time. Thunderbirds are go. That sounds a bit like, doesn't this? Thunderbirds are go. Sound very like this? To infinity and beyond. Anyway, a bit of nostalgia for it. Thank you to Mark Willington for dragging out the audio on that. Lines open 1850-104-106. You can text 0868-104-106. Liam, good morning. Morning, Neil. Okay, we're talking about... Uh, this all started with Port Marnock Golf Club eventually uh-huh. voting to allow women to play golf in their golf club. This has never happened since the club opened in 1894. And I was trying to work out, are there still things that are exclusively women's and exclusively men? We can only come up with examples of, well, there's one thing that's exclusively men, men's sheds. But anyway, pick up the conversation. Uh, yes, yes, but on top of that, Neil, there are ladies' clubs as well. You know, i.e., they're for females. Like what? You know? Well, kind of social clubs and that, you know? Well, the ICA springs to mind, doesn't it? The, it's the Irish Country Women's Association. Precisely. What would happen yeah. if a man went to a meeting? <laughs> well, I'd say being as they're a hell of a nice bunch of people, they'd be polite, but, you know, um, I couldn't see him staying at that meeting very long, could you? Okay, okay. Like a man can't join a nunnery. No, no. Okay. Um, he can't, he can't. Um, anyway, lose. Talk to me about lose. Yeah, well, I mean, when I was in Paris, looked was a, 35 or 6 years ago on a holiday, that huge park in the middle of Paris, I can't remember the name of it, um, it had public toilets, it had a female attendant, and both sexes queued up, paid the lady their money, and there were about seven or eight cubicles, and and that was it. You know, there, there were there were unisex toilets. You see, I don't think women would want to use the same cubicle as a man. I, I just well, don't think they would. Well, I was a bit uncomfortable about, you know, uh, using the uh, same cubicles as a woman. But, um, <laughs> but you know, she, like, there was a long queue at this public toilet. And, well, nobody said anything. I suppose they had no alternative, you know, to... To the big park, which is a long way from the city centre. So uh, people just, people pay their money and that was it. Um, they're even lucky to have a public toilet in the middle of Paris, because we are a city without any at all. Well, I can relate to that from London, Neil. Um, well, especially South London. There was hardly a public toilet remained open in London by the time I came home, you know. Uh it was very difficult to... You'd have to go into a pub or whatever the case may be, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, public thought's becoming 
uh, less common really aren't they well that's wrong because I think people would be happy to pay a euro to use a pristinely clean maintained public toilet I really do anyway did you say there was a difference in pension age yes um I'm, I'm certain about that, that women in the UK got the state pension at 60, men got it at 65. Now, that's been equalised since then. I don't know when it came in, but what the men eventually started shouting about it, quite rightly. And what the British government did, I think it was Tony Blair's government, um, the Labour government, they equalised the age, i.e. they they brought the ladies age up to 61 the first year, then 62, 3, 4, and up to 65. But why was there a difference in the first place? Well, that's a moot point, and I'm just guessing now, and I have no authority on this, but I'm guessing maybe because of the effort of the women, the stay-at-home women, during the Second World War, that it might have been in recognition of their efforts but you know that is that's a guess basically okay and were women unhappy with the 60 they weren't they were delighted yeah okay but my, my point but is maybe there was a lot of them wanted to continue working beyond 60 well you can still do that you could still do that neil i certainly knew people who women who were well over 60 who were still working you know yeah, but the, as, but you can, as you as you can in this country. in the private sector but i think up until Definitely the 70s, like women in the yeah. public sector, working in the public sector, they had to leave their job when they got married. That was, com- that was completely wrong. It was absolutely disgraceful. You had to leave the civil service when you got married. It was mad. Nuts. Absolutely nuts. It was absolutely, uh, that was totally wrong okay. and, and grossly unfair. I mean, I have no problem with that. But, uh, what I'm saying is, look, what I'm saying is I like consistency. If it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander. You know what I mean? I got you, pal. I got you. If if you're going to have equality, it has to be for everyone. Okay. The the insurance for women, what's that company? Uh, Just for women. Sure, for heaven's sake. That's discrimination. Actually, um, if you want to, I'm, I'm going to let you go there. But if you want to stay listening, do because I have some stats on why it's not discrimination in a few minutes' time. Because I can tell you that women are safer drivers than men, and they rack up fewer penalty points. This is fact now. Yeah, this yeah. is fact. I agree with that. I'm an on-driver, Neil, but and I'm the, a good observer of human nature. Well, I'm only telling you the stats. I mean, we can all come up with individual case histories, but they have the oh, research yeah. over a 10-year period, 2009 to 2019, to show that women are safer drivers. Than men. I would agree with that every time. Okay, and I'll break into that uh, I'll break into that research in a few minutes' time. Cheers, my man. Thanks for taking the call. Thank you for a great laugh. Those two are the best crack ever. That's Alicia and Dan. They're the best I've heard in a long time. Laughing a lot here. It's great to hear some good old-fashioned banter without all the mad politically correctness in the world today. Well done. Love the show. Neil, get Dan and Eilish back on. They're so funny. Great to listen to this, is Derek. Neil, I'm a woman and I hate same-sex toilets. No offence to men, but men are dirty when it comes to bathrooms. Clean up after yourself. No offence but men are dirty. <laughs> I mean, you're just generalising. You know what I mean? That's just completely out of order. Just generalising against all men. Why is it only two weeks a man gets for, for paternity leave and a woman gets six months? Because the woman gave birth. <laughs> Maybe. It's hilarious crack this morning. Dan has bloody gas. That man is after making my morning. What a spacer. Fair play to him. Very good. Um, 
why is why is insurance different between men and women? Because they drive very different vehicles. Like, what does that mean? Like, do they drive vehicles with six wheels, three wheels, two steering wheels, no steering wheel? What's different? Insurance prices depend on things like occupation, vehicle age, where you live, etc. It's not just gender-based. The difference on insurance is based on the car size and the engine as well. Okay, I'll give you that one. Women cause far more crashes than men. Full stop, says a texter. What about cosmetic parties? Exclusively women. Hen parties, women. Baby showers, no men allowed. Women are almost at men's stag parties now. Uh, They never stop calling their partners when men are at stag parties. They might as well be there. Uh, Morning. Next, we will have women wanting to join the Cork Senior Man's Hurling and Football Teams. Wait for it, says Larry. In some French campsites at the bar and restaurant, men, women and children share the same toilets and maybe one to two toilets just opposite the urinals. You don't know where to look in them. Plus, I don't feel comfortable leaving my young kids go in on their own as they usually go into the women's. Neil, don't forget another exclusive women's domain and summer's house parties, women only. Uh, keep those texts coming, text 0868104106. We'll talk to Frick after the break. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. Yes, indeed. Lots of texts on this and I will come back to them. Uh, oh, incidentally, I'm looking forward to a good old-fashioned chat with Joe Mack tomorrow morning on the air. Just after 11 o'clock, we'll talk with the great Joe Mack. And uh, yesterday, he received the Cork Culture Award from the Lord Mayor in recognition of his contribution to music over the years. And uh, he's mad keen to get back playing when musicians are allowed back. And he's inviting everybody into canties or as many as allowed as soon as musicians get back. So we'll chat in the morning just after 11 with the great Joe Mack, who received the Cork Culture Award from the Lord Mayor yesterday. And I can't think of anybody more deserving. Now, uh, with regards to the difference in insurance, Alicia's insurance is €350. Dan's insurance is €600. Neither of them have penalty points. Uh, Both of them have full no-claims bonus. I'm assuming they're in the same age group. I don't know what CC car they're driving, but there's the difference. She's €350 and he's €600. And people were saying, yeah, I don't know why that is. Women are awful drivers. Well, women are actually safer drivers than men. They rack up fewer penalty points. The research, which was done over 10 years, shows that women are the safer drivers on the roads. They rack up fewer penalty points than male motorists. There's data online now. Now, it was, I assume it's accurate data. It's from misquote.ie, miss, M-I-S-S, quote.ie. So there's more than one insurance company that just quotes women. They have, they, they have uh, st- stats out now saying that female drivers in Ireland incurred half the number of penalty points. Uh, they looked at the amount of men in the 10-year period. 1.2 million men racked up penalty points in that 10 years, compared to 670,000 women. So twice as many penalty points for men. And then they break it down then into... Uh, as to why men are getting penalty points and why women are getting penalty points. I'm just flicking through the article here. The most common reason for men getting penalty points is speeding, followed by driving while holding a mobile phone, driving without reasonable consideration. Yeah. Um, they also had other ones like, you know, driving without an NCT. But the, the top one apparently was speeding for men uh, or else driving while holding a mobile phone. Uh, and then if you flick down, most women who got penalty points were for speeding driving while holding a mobile phone the same as men speeding driving a mobile home uh, driving a phone driving while holding a phone and interestingly the third one was 
driving without an NCT certificate. So is it is it a case that women forget to NCT the car and men don't forget to NCT the car? Mind you, they were also given penalty points women for driving without reasonable consideration. Same as men. So the very same things, except men do it an awful lot worse. But one difference that doesn't figure in men that women get penalty points for is failing to obey traffic lights. Failing to obey traffic lights. Green means go. Red means stop. The orange one, still not 100% sure what that one means. But anyway, there's some of the stats for you. And you can't argue with statistics. All right. Your thoughts on that are welcome. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 1850104106. Back to the phones we go this morning. Stephen, good morning. Hi, how are you keeping it? Okay, you wanted to roll in on this. <laughs> yeah, 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 no doubt. That's why I, I, I work for the women there. I, like, I work in factories there, but I work in one factory there for about 15 years, buying retail for another 15, but you know, so I work with a lot of women by down through the years. Good man yourself, yeah, yeah. And, uh, like the older women, but I would always tell you the horror stories about the younger women buying the lockers, back to the locker rooms, but do <laughs> you call them horror stories? Oh, oh yeah, but yeah, seriously, yeah, they're terrible things. But you know, I, mean? I, I, I wouldn't even repeat them. But on air, you couldn't, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> the things they, they'd be finding, like in the toilets and this, this, the stairs, the, the actual the, the cubicles and stuff. Going on. So it's, uh, you say like, it's what, not what, fair to say that it's men are the the dirty no, ones or the other. No, man, I gotta be honest with you, know, but like. Men are kind of dirty. You, we kind of know that. You know what I mean? But, you know, we wouldn't be as clean as women. Like, but I don't know. But maybe it's when they get together in a group. You know what I mean? They kind of lose, they lose one of themselves. Or Did you work in a bar? No, no, no. I worked in a factory. Like, okay, because you know? some people say, as the texter say, I know someone that works in a bar, and he says that the ladies' toilets are a total disgrace at the end of oh, the yeah, night. Man, sh- shocker, but like, uh, be honest, now once a month, the, the women's like whether in retail or in the factory. They once a month I did have to clean up like the locker rooms, but you know what I mean? And like there'd be bags and bags and then they'd come and clean the men's there's not been taken out, you know what I mean? Yeah, but that's just untidy as opposed to anything else. Like women do carry an awful lot more stuff around with them than men, you know. Oh, yeah, but we're talking about like, you know, sandwiches buying lockers, like you know, like half eaten food by left in lockers like for <laughs> weeks and weeks buying it coming out like you know, you can smell you can smell it by before you see it, you know, all this a lot of women are saying that they would never want to share men's toilets because men can't even aim right and they never flush <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I don't get to think about leaving the, the toilet seat on by I'm not sure about the toilet seat you know? And that's yeah. another thing, the toilet seat. <laughs> Women's hearts oh, yeah, would be broken like, if they were sharing. You leave the toilet seat under all the time, but it's going to be destroyed. Like, if you're having a lot of men in there, like, <laughs> Okay. All right, my man. Thanks, Stephen. Have a good day. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone at 1850104106. To line six. When, when Frick was a counsellor uh, down, was it morning, Frick? Can you hear me all right? Oh, you can, then, by This would be down Passageway, wasn't it? Yeah, no, I was in council. I was in Cork County Council. In Cork County Council, representing the passage ward and things like that. Yeah, yeah. You... Did you at one stage suggest that um, that men's shed should be for men and if women wanted to go, they should have their own sheds called hen's sheds? I did. I got into trouble over that, but so that didn't bother me. Um, no, <laughs> why did you get it? I mean, I'm not interested in the names of the people you got into trouble right. with. But no, why I'm wasn't why wasn't that a good idea? Because it, it was suggested. It was a, I, I put in a motion at the time that if there was empty buildings around, that the council owned, that, that they could be put into use for 
men said, because like I said, there's a lot of mental health issues with men at the time. I think the men don't talk about their health issues and mental health as such. I said it'd be a great idea if they left them out for a men shed. And this was back in the day, of course, when men's sheds yeah. were just becoming popular. Just becoming yeah. popular, yeah. And how did you get yeah, into trouble? You were quoted as saying, as regards women coming into men's sheds, in my opinion, half the time men are trying to get away from women. Is that yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, that's why I did say that. But no, it said one of the female counsellors, the one named the person, she just said, Frick, wouldn't it, like, what about funding for women? I said, well, if you leave women in there, you might as well call her a hint shed. So it was uproar, and I got... <laughs> I said, you might as well call her a head. She said, it was on, actually, it was on the back of the exam. No, neither to me, brother, not sure to me. He said, you're, you're on the exam now. <laughs> and the headline was, counsellor in dark house over head house. Actually, I have the I have the examiner article. It says counselor yeah. in doghouse over hens shed comments. Hens shed comments. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, but that's right. And it, it is neat, you know. But I mean, I, I was listening to a man that he was funny. Oh, so was the lady from Waterford. But like that's they're taking over the ad. Do women go into do we, do women go into men's sheds? Yeah, well, don't know. We know they're starting to take over and starting to call them in on here. No, it's not men's shed anymore. <laughs> What are they doing in there? Are they building things, fixing things? Yeah, no, 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 we wouldn't, no, you couldn't even building things. Um, <laughs> no, need to, what was happening down there, they're after opening the neighbourhood food. You know, it's, we drop off food up to say, it's on over a lot of tones now, you know? Yeah. There's a lot of organic stuff in that. Like, the food is supposed to be lovely, but like, they, they set up a section where the stuff could be collected. Yeah. They wanted a place, so we they were on to me and they were on to me, brother Jim, who's the chairman of the men's shed, and I put them on to them. But I told the lady that phoned me, I said, Look, avoid me, where I'd have known you in there. <laughs> and she uh, said, Well, you're dead right, Frank, but like, they're in there, no need. So the talks are holding coffee mornings, I said, Women's only coffee mornings in men's sheds. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's men need to saying. men need to stand up for themselves more. Men need to, the food men need to grow, grow up here, mate. <laughs> All right, okay. All right. Listen, before I let you go, um, 110 years ago yesterday, and yesterday was a very important day because all of the fishing trawlers came up the Lee in a right, flotilla. Right, yeah. 110 years ago yesterday, your grandfather was shot and killed by a bailiff. That's right, uh, Neil. That's right. I was only talking to Jim, as I say, his, his story in here. Like, keep all the info, but I met him yesterday down the pantoon and passage myself and my other brother, Wacko. We just went down the tricolour, and there was a few more there watching the flotilla coming up. And he said to me, Do you realise that it's your grandfather's 110 anniversary today? And the spokesperson for my grandfather was Patrick Murphy and the sportsperson for the fisherman was actually a man called Patrick Yesterday morning on the air with me. I was talking to a Patrick. Yeah, so tell me about Pat Murphy. Killed near, was it Marina Point? Down below that as far as I know. I know for a fact like it was down between those houses there between Marina Point and Caligula as far as I know. I know. So we know that we know that general area. Was he, what was he doing? They were fishing. Probably illegal, Neil, at the time, I'd say. Like, but he'd wife and seven kids. I mean, it was only a bit of money probably trying to come in. 1911 we're talking about, yeah. Go on. What yeah. happened? He was shot by the bailiffs. The bailiffs came down and, like, they obviously told them to pull in their nets, I presume, and whatever happened in between them, and leant over the boat and shot him. 
Dead. And like the bullet went in his side knee because my actual father had a jacket after at home hanging in the shed. And the bullet went in. Jim was telling us the whole story, but it went in his side and came over his shoulder, up onto his shoulder, wherever the bullet was directed. He died of his wounds after in hospital. So the bailiffs came down from up the harbour, is it, in their own bailiff yeah, boat? From the, from the city, I'd say, yeah, at the yeah, time, yeah. yeah. And was one of them found to be drunk or something? Yeah, apparently they said he shouldn't. Uh, that's with the court case. Apparently he said that he shouldn't have been in charge of a rifle at the time, a gun at the time. So there was a court case? There was a court case, Neil, and the young man that actually shot him was a Dublin man. And he said he wouldn't get a fair trial in Cox, so they... Tried was transferred to Dublin and he got three months as far as I know. Would we serve the three months now? You don't know. Did he get three months for killing Pat Murphy yeah. or did he get three months for being under the influence of an intoxicant and he having a fight? killing for the shooting of my grandfather. Three I months? I don't know whether he served it. That's true, Neil. And like, I know the history they like, but at the time, Neil, as well, it's a good bit of history because. I, you know, where Rochester Rise is living, or where those houses are there, you know. Where yeah, they, yeah they I do. I know oh, the Rochester Rise area, there. yeah, by the I link. Don't know, yeah. but you remember when there was a, a, an orchard there called Sherrod's. Oh, the, the Sherrod's family. They had a big house up yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. They made actual donation, as I said on my brother, Phil Dawson, now that they made a donation at the time of an apple tree to my grandfather's uh, wife and kids. So that they wouldn't be hungry, maybe, you know what I mean? And with Beamishes as well, made a donation. They had, they, we reenacted the 100 years thing that the barracks rebanded and all came down, Neil. The fishermen, I think, got together and they had to organise a function for them down in Passage in the Green. And we organised, we brought on all the family then decided to do the 100 year anniversary and we got barracks rebanded down as well. But what was the reaction in Passage in 1911 after the court case? Oh, it's a crazy, definitely. You know what I mean? For a, a young man, he was only in his 40s, nearly. Did he leave a wife and f- young family? Seven kids, yeah, a wife and seven kids. How did they survive? Are you saying that the community came together to help the them? The community, that's what I'm saying. The community organised the stuff down in the green. And as I said, we done it 100 years after. Bought down the Barrack Street Band. There's actually a plaque down there to my grandfather. And it's called Patrick Mothby Park. Good and God. there's a fact there honouring me grandfather the deceased and John Splane recorded the song The Ballad of Patrick Murphy he, he did and he recorded it and uh, Christy Moore Christy recorded Moore. it as well yeah we went up so that's what I said myself from Wacker and John Splane went up on Wacker's yacht there up there in the Marquis and in fairness to Johnny Borison to meet Christy Moore after and Christy Moore was a gent He'd be delighted to meet the ancestors of Pat Murphy, though. Oh, yeah, we'd agree a crack with him. That's been on the show. And where is Pat Murphy buried? Is he buried in Passage? Is he buried? He's buried in Passage. He's actually buried up in the old graveyard because all my family are up there. Amazing. Amazing, isn't it? Of course, there were there were British there were British courts and the British yeah on the British courts that thing. There's actually the actual fellow that killed him was a man called Bullman. He was a Dublin man. He was a Dublin bailiff down in Cork. Man, I think, yeah. And Neil, I know there's a funny side to this as well because one of my relations got a taxi down one night. This is true. And he dumped the passage. He was going up for a few points. And the taxi man said, yes, I went down here for years, he said. And apparently he said, there was a grandfather of mine, or a great grandfather of mine. He said, I think he was 
akustisk-sjulen, som flyttede oven her. Åh, oh godt. Han må ikke godt, det er der, hvor han må ikke lade ham tage det, hvor God. That must yeah. have been an awkward conversation. <laughs> he just left me, hopped on the camera for the point. Camera's <laughs> nerves, oh my God. God. Small world, isn't it, Frick? Yeah, but if they're down there, have a look at that, no need. All right, bye. Cheers, Frick, as always. Stay in touch. He's a mighty man, Michael Frick Murphy. Lines open 1-850-104-106. Love Frick, he's a legend. Back after the break. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. Uh, bad, cr- bad crash this morning on the race course near Mallow. The road is closed and guards are at the scene, so bear that in mind. Massive response, actually, this morning by text. And I won't get to all of them this morning, but I will come back to a few of them now and more tomorrow. Keep them coming, though, because everybody has an opinion on it. Uh, Boy Scouts are a thing of the past now, for crying out loud. Is it any wonder male teenagers and adolescents are the way they are when we have no male-only clubs to join, where boys can be boys without judgment, where they can learn respect and discipline and what it is to be a man from their male elders only, says Richie and Toker. Stop now, Neil. They might want to join the the City of Cork Male Voice Choir next. Uh, Morning, if you look at the vehicles on the road, women are usually in the... (laughs) Women are usually in the passenger seat. Well, I can only say, you know, and, and talk for my own self. I do all of the driving. It's just, it, it just happens. If we're going anywhere and it's a long thing and I just drive, it's just, I don't know why. I must ask why, actually. I think it's hilarious how guys just can't take it when it's said a woman is better at something than a man. This is more to do, I suppose, with the fact that the stats are out now for the 10-year survey. Women are safer drivers than men. What about the women drivers are doing their makeup and lipstick while driving, says Pat. Um, regarding it's for women car insurance, they do insure men as well. My husband is with them the last few years and they were the best price. <laughs> I don't know, is it very manly to get insurance from a women's only insurance company? Anyway, it's another day, I suppose. On the driving stats, men drive more and drive longer distances. There's also more men drive than women. Those stats are obviously made by a woman, says Desi. Uh, Neil, as a woman myself, I just can't stand women who, can, who, who can't drive big jeeps and literally cannot park them or even drive them. I'm certainly not jealous. I would love one myself, but I simply wouldn't be able for it. I just can't stand women who think they can drive them, but they can't. The big SUVs and the big Jeeps. And the big 4B4s. Anyway, keep those coming. Text 0868104106. Seriously, though, seriously, uh, this is disturbing. Let me just get it out to you from a worried mum. Don't give out my details for obvious reasons, but have any of your listeners gone through this? My 16-year-old daughter has social anxiety. God knows the last 12 months have been tough. 14, 15 months at this stage. My 16-year-old daughter has social anxiety. She's seeing a therapist every two to three weeks on Zoom. The therapist advised me to get her bloods done in case it's a thyroid problem. I arranged an appointment with the doctor. While taking bloods, the doctor asked me if I agreed with my daughter going on Prozac. She asked this while bloods weren't even sent off for testing and doesn't know my daughter's background as thankfully my daughter never needed a doctor. Doctors giving out medication, I believe, too freely. If a, 60, if a child of 16 starts on Prozac for mild anxiety, where would she be in a few years? These sedatives are hard to come off. Um, so you arranged an appointment for the doctor. And while taking the bloods, the doctor asked me, the, you the mother, if you were okay with your daughter going on Prozac. Well, 
the doctor would have to ask, yeah, because your daughter is 16 years old. Um, so at least that was the case. The daughter asked. But your problem is, should any child at the age of 16 be on Prozac? And has anybody else gone through this with a GP? Okay, let's see if anybody has a reaction to that. It would strike me as, as young, but I'm not a medical person, so uh, I don't know. But Prozac for a 16-year-old, your thoughts on that? Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 1850-104-106. Okay, to the phone lines we go. Annette, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm good. Now, have you been listening to Joe Duffy and his coverage of perimenopause and menopause? I mean, he I, got... I actually, I haven't. No, okay. but well, I, it I went on for days it. and days and days and days. It did. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was lucky enough. I'm actually in the group on Facebook um, that actually one of the ladies in there contacted Joe and that's where it... And it all so took I was off I already then. aware of it. Okay. It sure did. And I mean, the group has just... My God, Neil, it has exploded the last couple of since just since Joe Duffy. The amount my heart goes out to women because the amount of women that just don't realise the effect of of the falling of oestrogen on their body, what it does to them, and and it's it's crazy. We're just so ill informed about what we need, you know. And so was it was a lot of it to do with women not knowing what to expect, and all of a sudden it was like being having a clue, Neil. And was much of it to do with uh, HRT treatment then as well. Well, this is it, like, you see, for, for a long time here in Ireland, HRT was considered not, not to be a good thing because, you know, there was research done and they said, oh, you know, it, it can lead to higher instances of breast cancer and so on and so forth. Whereas in actual fact, now we know, now the women are starting to realise, you know, we've got the information that HRT, if you use the body identical HRT, it's perfectly fine. And they were and denied all of that out of normal. fear and warnings for years, was it? Well, you see, I suppose, and, and maybe, maybe I suppose it was a, a mixture of misinformation by uh, doctors as well. They weren't, you know, they didn't have maybe the up-to-date information but, and so on. But unfortunately, I suppose, were, were they not then prescribing antidepressants instead of the, the, the HRC? Yeah, yeah, massive amount, um, a massive amount of women have been, have been, now I'm talking about in previous years, but it's still happening it's in minimum amounts. Where doctors are saying, well, look, I think maybe you're just a bit depressed, you know, you know, that like all these symptoms, yeah, they're nothing to do with um, menopause. You're too young, you know, you're too young. You couldn't possibly be going through the menopause or perimenopause, you know, which is the beginning of it. And so... And they were being prescribed tranquilizers, medications. Yeah, and blood testing as well is another thing that's done. But because women's hormones fluctuate... So much, regardless, you know, whether perimenopause or just a normal lady in your early 30s, that blood tests are not comprehensive. They don't give okay. the proper... No, I mean, no, I understand you know? what you're saying. But again, this is mm-hmm. an example of how life is different for men and life is different for women. Men do not go That's through menopause. They do not go through early menopause. And yeah. many of the women then that were, were being prescribed antidepressants, did they become overly reliant on them? Absolutely, Neil. Yeah, 100%. Um, I've seen lots of women in this group now who have ended up on antidepressants and cannot come off them because there's um, there, there's an awful lot of side effects when you try and come off antidepressants when you've been on them for quite some time. And most of them is not even to do with your mood. It's to do with your body being reliant on them. And you're, they're very difficult to come off of. I mean, your text is a heavy hitter. You say mm-hmm. that you're on bits. Now, yeah, restless legs, horrible feeling, like something's crawling up your legs and causing the skin to feel 
intensely itchy constantly, gone off your head from lack of sleep, ha- lack mm-hmm. of sleep, awake at five o'clock in the morning. Um, mm-hmm. You go on to talk, you, you say, I'm actually fit to saw my legs off. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, last night again now is, a, <clears throat> excuse me, a prime example. Absolutely exhausted. Went to bed at half 11. As soon as I lay down inside in bed, the, 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 the bloody crawling started on my legs. And these these shocks, they're like little electric shocks zapping your legs. And your legs are just, it's like as if you're running in, in, as you're lying down. And and you can't, you no matter what way you turn, no matter where you lie, um, they, they just don't stop. They just keep going and going and going. And you get so frustrated and you're so tired as well. You're just exhausted. But yet your legs are doing a marathon and you can't control it. Unbelievable. And I mean, are they? They're are they're not actually moving, but it feels oh, as no, if they're, no, they're, no, they're 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 running, they're hopping. Like I'm, I am literally doing. I am lying down flat on my back, and my legs are going up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down, just trying to trying to get the feeling out of them. That's what, what they call try, used try. to call restless legs, but it doesn't do it justice. Well, it, 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 <laughs> restless legs explains it to a to, to a certain degree. But, I mean, you just, look, you, I, like I said, I, I just want to saw them off. I, I just want them to stop so that I can sleep because I just get so exhausted. And, no. I mean, last night, <clears throat> excuse me, as I said, I went to bed at half 11. And as eventually at quarter past 12, I, I just couldn't take it anymore. I got up, came downstairs, had a cup of decaffeinated tea because caffeine doesn't help. And um, in the end, I just took, I had a half a sleeping tablet here and I took that and I just said, just please let me sleep because I'm just exhausted. Did that and work? It, you know, it, it, well, it did. But now having said that, that's also along with taking magnesium tablets and drinking a glass of swept tonic water before you go to bed because the quinine in the tonic water does ease the legs as well. But just last night, I think maybe I was overtired and it didn't kick in as well as it normally does. Well, would quinine tablets kick in? <clears throat> possibly, possibly. I haven't gone down that road Okay. Yet. Uh, what about uh, night sweats? Oh, yeah. oh, the night sweats are horrible. Um, no, I mean, like, just no no rhyme or reason. From, I mean, I didn't know what was going on with these night sweats started a couple of years ago. Because, like, I'm what? I'll be 48 shortly. And um, up until maybe about four years ago, this, I used to start sweating. I'd wake up and I'd be drowned in sweat. And I was like, what in God's name is going on with me? And I'd have to get up. I'd have to change my G, my DJs, and um, sometimes I'd have to change cheese quilt the pillowcase the whole lot. And like I never said it to my doctor because you know I just didn't know what was causing it. And I was like, I think I'm losing the plot here. Like, why am I sweating? It doesn't make sense, you know. How long ago um, was that? <clears throat> that's about four or four years ago. At now what age? When it started. Um, I suppose that would be 43, 44. At 43 years of age and you never ever twigged that it was early menopause? No, why would I think it's menopause? Menopause is for old women. You know? I know. And I don't mean that to be horrible. I know you don't have to defend yourself. I understand what you mean, yeah. No, but that's what we always grew up with, Neil. Menopause was for old women. I'm not old at 44. I'm certainly still not old at nearly 48. But this is why we need to change the, the mindset. We're not old. We're just bloody menopausal. Okay, so there were the night happens. sweats and of course um, uh, there are many, many symptoms. Uh, oh, amongst them, do you want me to tell you what I get, Neil? Listen oh, to me please for do. A little okay, I'll be quiet. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we, you've heard the restless legs, okay? Yeah. The, the vertigo type feeling as well, where you stand up and you feel dizzy. 
right? Yeah. For no reason. I mean, like, it's not because I haven't eaten. It's not because I've taken a tablet that makes me dizzy. Just that weird vertical-like feeling for a split second. It's like as if my eyes are inside in my head and they just do a 360 in my head. Wow. And then it's gone again, right? Yeah. That's what we said about the sweats, the hot flushes. The brain zaps, right? The brain zaps used to drive me insane because I just didn't. I was, you know, there was times I actually thought, is there something? Have I got a brain tumor or something? Because these little electric zaps would go through my brain. And this was separate now to the vertigo type feeling. And I thought to myself, what God's name is that like, you know? And it's one of those things you don't want to say it to your doctor because you don't want to be told there is something wrong. Yeah. You know, you're, you're actually so terrified of these, these things. Now, they, don't, they didn't happen very often, but when they happen, like, you're like, oh my God, what is going on inside my head? And, you know, you have all of that. And then you have, well, another thing that happens, unfortunately, with, when you're perimen is the anxiety. You start getting anxious. You get, you get this fight or flight feeling in you. Just out of the blue, you're just sitting there quite content to doing whatever you're doing. And next thing, you just feel the anxiety rising in your chest and you're like, bloody hell, what's going on? But you can't you identify the source of the anxiety, is it? Not, not at all, because there's nothing wrong. You know you know the way you get this feeling in your tummy, if you, you know, if, if something is about to happen. Yeah. And it's, it's like that. And you're like, okay, so I've got brain zaps, I've got restless legs, I'm sweating, I am... Um, I've got anxiety for absolutely no reason. And it's the type of anxiety that rushes through your system. You, you actually start, like, getting a bit shaky because, you know, it, it, the anxiety is so real. But yet you've nothing to be anxious about. There's nothing there, you know. And it eventually passes. But it leaves you with this awful sense of foreboding afterwards, you know. You well, they, don't know what's happening. They list a lot of the symptoms checklist, just like you are oh, doing. But they talk about yeah. irritability, mood swings, low mood, anxiety, panic attacks, aggression, rage yeah. and overwhelming sensations. Yeah. And then you hear mood swings and like, and, I, and, and that mood swings are horrible, especially like I'm normally quite, you know, happy go lucky. You know, I do just get on grand or whatever then, you know, there's no bother to me. And then all of a sudden I feel like killing somebody or I'd start calling crying for no reason and I'd be like, like what the God's name is going on? Like, I, I'm not like this. I don't get moody. Do you know what I mean? So I'm do women do do women do harm then, I wonder, to themselves or others? Uh, I I would think so, Neil. I would think so. Not Not so much to others. I think they probably do harm to themselves because they don't understand what's going on. They feel like they've lost lost themselves. I mean, I would be certainly that to a certain degree as well. You know, you, you just don't understand. It's not you. And that's the point, though. It's not you. It's the hormones. It's it's the lack of, of estrogen. You're, you know, your body is changing, so what you're are, losing out in estrogen. Yeah, what are hot flushes? No. Oh, dear God. They're horrible and they're so embarrassing. Um, no, I look at, I don't know what other women feel, but I, my hot flushes start from kind of like my breastbone up. So it would literally, I could feel it starting to rise up my chest and I'd be mortified if I was in company because I would just go. Is that a heat that you feel rising from your chest? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I am on fire, you know, absolutely on fire. And it rises all the way up my chest, up my neck, my face, my ears, my ears start burning. And you know, when somebody's got really red ears, you can't help but notice it, especially if they've got short hair like I do. Yeah. And... I just be just mortified. I'd be like, what in God's name? It's so you turn red, do you? Your, your colour changes. Oh, I go, come here, bright red. Yeah, not a bother. You, I couldn't hide it for love, no money. And even if you have makeup on, it doesn't cover it. It's just that type of burning red. 
that just appeared from absolutely nowhere. You just, like, you, nothing has changed. Now, I suppose, if you're sitting down having a pint or you're, well, <laughs> gobby with the dates. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you could be just sitting at home as well and it, and it, it could just happen and you're like, oh my God, crazy. And it's embarrassing in company, why? Do, does it lead to sweat? Oh, yeah. For me, unfortunately, now it doesn't for everybody, but for me, unfortunately, I used to, um, my, my face, so it was literally just my face and along my hairline, I'd start to sweat. And it got to the point now where if I was getting ready to go out for a night, I used to put a roll-on deodorant along my hairline, okay, wow. and along my forehead. So I used to literally, the way, same way as you roll-on deodorant um, under your arms, I used to roll it along my face, right, down my hairline, over my ears, and I'd let it dry, and then I'd put on my makeup. Would it work? Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes. But this is how mad you, this is like, this is the things I used to have to do to try and feel, to, to stop these things happening to me. You know, because I, I didn't understand them. And like, I used to say to myself, well, there's obviously something wrong with me today, I'm sweating like this. Do you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. now, uh, I, I would be overweight, but I'm not massive and, you know, I don't have a terribly bad diet and whatever. No, I mean, I do have a lot of issues. I have fibromyalgia and I've talked to you before about the effects of the being hit by an Arctic and stuff like that. You know, and my, I would have a lot of body pain and stuff. Yes, I remember but that. Like, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And, but, the, and but, this, but what you're describing happens to women who have no underlying conditions. Oh, absolutely not. None at all. None at all. And another very interesting thing that's starting to come out now that women are, are starting to talk and we feel like we have a voice, especially in this group, the Irish menopause, is a lot of the symptoms from perimenopause are, are kind of like fibromyalgia symptoms. And does so, the peri pass then? <laughs> I'll tell you what it does, Neil. I don't know. But you don't move from I'm perimenopause thinking, straight into menopause, do you? I, I actually don't know, Neil, because do you know what? I, I haven't gone looking that far. No. I'm just trying to deal with the day that it's finished and go there. But I mean, obviously, look, eventually you are going to, I'm going to hit like the full on menopause. Um, and will that be the same? Now, um, it does really. I mean, the symptoms don't change a whole pile. It, it's it stays kind of the same. Some get worse, some get better. It it just all depends on your hormones and whether you take your HRT and your vitamins and stuff like that. All these things play a part. So, in what can control it and keep it at bay? Is it HRT? HRT, yes, definitely. Um, like I'm on um, Estradot, it's called, which is uh, 50 milligrams over 24 hours. So it's a tiny little patch and you put that on generally below your waistline and um, it just gives you um, a release of oestrogen into your body. But it doesn't seem to be working, does it, if you're having all well, of the Well, you see, I've only started on it, Neil. So I, I'm only on it. When did it was applied? Yeah, I only started on the 12th of May. Right. Yeah. So I'm I'm very early stages in the in the the, the HRT. Other women who've been on it, uh, you know, a lot longer have found that they actually feel like themselves for the first time in years. Okay, well, Which I have no problem the wide earthly world talking to other people who are going through it. Absolutely, oh, I'm yeah. I sincerely hope that the fact that I've spoken today yeah. and I've said these symptoms, these weird things that just happened. You know that other women will go. Something will click in their head, and they go, "Jesus, is that me? Is that okay. what's happening to me?" Okay. Well, you lines know? lines are open. One eight fifty one zero four one zero six. And again, it ties in actually between the lives of men and the lives mm-hmm. of women, doesn't it? Well, I'll put it to you like this, Neil. There's a very one woman put a very interesting thing into the group the other day, and I just tried to find it there, but I can't find it. And she said, "When men now, and it's just going to say it straight out, when men go to the doctor and look for a prescription for Viagra, they're not asked." 
um, to lose weight. They're not asked to change their diet. They're not asked, are you sure you need this? Like, you know, you're probably too young. You don't need this. No, 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 you don't. They're not asked any of those things. They're just given the prescription and said, off you go. Women go into a doctor and say, well, this is what's happening to me. I'm getting anxiety. I have low sex drive. I have constant urinary infections. I've restless legs. I've mood swings. I have anxiety. Mm. I can't concentrate. I, I don't know what I'm doing. I can't sleep. And they're looking at you and they kind of go, no, this didn't happen to me, but I'm saying it's happened to a lot of women. The, the doctors kind of look at you and go, ah, but you're too young to be perimenopausal. Sure, look, we'll stick you on antidepressants mm, and we'll hope to say. I know, you know? I know. So that's I the know. comparison. And I mean, men have an easy life. Let's face it, it's an easy life, you know? I mean, women, we deal with periods from when we're quite young. Pregnancy, if we go through pregnancy, which I did three times. Mm. And then, you you know, <laughs> your children are growing up and you're like, yes, finally. I'm and this free. comes a knocking on the door. Yeah. Bang, you're married. I, you I know. You put it very, very well. <laughs> very, very well. Okay, okay, listen, thank you so much for coming on. Neil. Stay and in touch. Thank you for giving me the time. Not at all. You deserve the time. So Thanks, important. Annette. Well, all right. it's thank so important you. for other women as well. Okay, let's uh, let's open this it. up then and see if others have an opinion on it. Thank you, Annette. Back after 11. Text 0868104106. Tune in to Saturday Breakfast on Red FM from 7am and wake up your weekend with music, chats and all that's happening in Cork. That's Saturday Breakfast on Red FM with me, Kira Revens. You're listening to the Emerald Award winning Music Station of the Year. Cork's Red FM. I talk about change. Poor old Melbourne's gone back into, lap, uh, into lockdown. COVID lockdown. A snap COVID lockdown, they're saying, and five million of them are back to where they were before, back into lockdown again. That's a breaking news story over the past 24 hours or so, and uh, hopefully we won't be there as we do things more gradually, I suppose, the fellow says. Big reaction to yesterday's programme and different topics of conversation. I was talking with uh, Councillor Kenneth Flynn on the air. That prompted an email. Just wanted to draw your attention to the one thing. Uh, you had Councillor Kenneth Flynn on. He was speaking about how bad some of the politicians are. Some he said, actually, in government are unfit for government yesterday morning. I totally agree. We have a two-tier political system here in Ireland. Ken O'Flynn himself was part of this problem. If Ken was elected with the party he was part of, I doubt he'd be telling us how bad politicians are in the country. I remember George Lee from RTE going into politics because he truly believed he could do good uh, and enhance our country. The difference between Ken and George is once George sees that your opinion doesn't matter in politics, uh, you have to toe the party line. He'd given up his well-paid job in RT to try and make a difference, but when George wasn't listened to, he packed in politics. Ken would still be in his party if he was uh, put on the ticket to run in the area. It's great, you know, and I understand the, the history of all of that. It's great to hear Ken admit how, thing, how bad things are, but as I said, he would still be there taking the handy money and we wouldn't be hearing about a word then if he was in the party network of how bad politicians are. I've tried to figure out this for many years, yet uh, I can't. Maybe you can enlighten people like myself. You work as a radio presenter. Do you think you would be capable of going into a garage and running that as a mechanic or going into a doctor surgery and running that? My point is, we have politicians who are ministers for departments. They have absolutely no idea how it works. These people are lifetime politicians, that's all, who will have to toe the party line, but they actually haven't a clue how to run the family house. How do we expect these people to run the country? 
Um, I understand what you're saying. People in control of portfolios that they know absolutely nothing about. And I suppose to some extent we saw that with the evidence of Dominic Cummings yesterday, didn't we? Um, on travellers, the travelling community are law above themselves. I collect my child. This is from the last couple of days of programmes. I collect my child from school every day. And let me tell you, I park my car on the right-hand side of the road, the correct side of the road. Uh, I leave my house 25 minutes before the child's finishing time just to make sure I get a parking space. About two minutes before the school finishes, members of the travelling community pull up on the step on the other side of the road, on the double yellow lines. They block all the traffic trying to pass and for cars trying to pull out of spaces. Impossible. On numerous occasions, they stop their cars in the middle of the road and they get the teacher to put the child into the car. Sometimes their kids could be standing at the side waiting for their parents to collect them and that can take us up to 20 minutes after the finishing time because of this carry-on. Nobody can move their cars until the travellers collect their kids. They want to be treated with respect. They should start showing it first. Listening to a show with regards to the lady that's been talking about the knife attacks on a young boy. She referred to the boys in question as being members of the travelling community. I'm a member of the travelling community. To be more specific, I'm one of the ladies from the Spring Lane halting site. I grew up in Spring Lane, but I've now grown up and moved away. I can tell you now, as a family member of the Spring Lane Travellers, that if any of the older members of this community were aware of their children behaving in this manner with knives, it would, be, it would not be 100% tolerated or accepted by the parents in any way, shape or form. My family are good people. And I can assure you that this behavior is coming from one specific family within the halting site only. It's been a regular occurrence from this one family. The police are fully aware of this one family. It's down to the age of the boy that seems to be the problem and the upbringing of the boy. I feel very disappointed when I hear people giving out about the travelers from Spring Lane. It really makes it sound like the entire members of Spring Lane halting site are the same. My uncles, aunts, cousins, all good people. It hurts when people tear us, or tar us, I should say, with all the one brush. It's the same when it comes to the illegal dumping in the area. Everyone just assumes it's the travellers dumping on their own doorsteps. Nobody's that much of an idiot to dump rubbish at the entrance of their own home, let me tell you. I hope that the little boy and his friends are okay and he gets back to his old mindset as soon as possible. My heart goes out to him, as I'm a parent also. And if that ever happened to my little ones, I just don't know how I'd handle it. Please don't give out my details, Neil, as I'm working in an office. My husband works as an engineer and our work colleagues listen to your show regularly. Let's just say it would put both of our livelihoods on the line. Never mind the fact that it would affect our kids' lives also. No, no more party invitations. There'd be no more play dates. No more class friends. Well, would there be no, no more if people knew that you were of a traveling background? Is that what you're saying to me? Anyway, the final bit. It's hard enough these days to raise your kids in the correct way besides them being singled out for being members of the travelling community. And that by email. And thank you for it uh, by email to neil at uh, redfm.ie. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-810-4106. Red FM. Back to the phone lines we go. Mags, good morning. Good morning, now. Very yeah, interesting. I'm good. Very interesting text coming in on this. There's one from a lady who says, I started perimenopause at 38, straight after my daughter was born, and I finished the full menopause at 42. Says, my mum, my grandmother, um, my great-grandmother all finished early. Um, there's a longer text there, which I'll read out, but very young, isn't it? 38? 
Oh, God, no. I think it can no. go through it at any age. Go away. Really? Even much younger than yeah. that? You know, you know the, the diagnosis of anxiety when you were 15? Did, yes. did, did that result in any, any medication? Because I got an, an email here from a mother whose daughter is 16 and the doctor wants to put the daughter on Prozac. Yeah, well, I, I probably was on Prozac, I'd say, since I was 24 years this year. Was it when I got pregnant. I always had issues with periods and PMT and all like that. Um, I used to get hot flushes when I was younger. I think that's when the panic attacks, funny enough, when I first got my periods, I'd get all that. So I have always suffered with them. Right, right. Um, so no, it doesn't surprise me if she's 16 years of age and you know, I'd probably go take her to see a gynecologist first to check her hormones and all now. Yeah, and they are they are doing bloods and things like that and it was the therapist advised to get bloods done. And But the, it's, I'm just wondering, are there many doctors suggesting to parents that underage adults would be put on things like Prozac? Yes. There yeah, are a lot, are there? Oh my God, I'd say if the 90% of Cork is on some sort of antidepressant. So a 16-year-old with mild anxiety would be automatically prescribed uh, full-strength yeah. Prozac? Yeah, and especially with what's um, gone on the past year, year and a half, because all the younger generation are suffering so much with their mental health. So, but there must be alternatives yeah. to Prozac. I had, to be quiet, as my own daughter is on something and she's 21 next month. I had her um, going to see a psychiatrist for four years. She was bullied in primary school. So I did everything. They, they never knew about my, I have a son and a daughter that never knew what I suffered with. They, my husband, we had a, we have a brilliant family. Um, and it's only in the past two years, maybe since my mum died, my family found out, as in my son and daughter found out, how bad I was. I did everything for my daughter. I took her to a psychiatrist once a month, you know, to try and build her up and all like that. And she still ended up on something at 20 years. And do you believe that all of that started because of the bullying in school? Well, my daughter, yes. Oh, my God. She was severe bullying to the extent that it was only when she was in sixth class that I found out and it was a country school, a, a little country school, that I found out there was such a thing as bullying teachers in primary schools and secondary schools, that if you feel your daughter's been bullied, you can go to. She'd been bullied since first, second class, slapped in the face, out swimming and everything, and it was all brushed into the carpet. No, no, it doesn't go on in air school, it doesn't go on in air school. And when my doctor at the time seen her and she was blinking and she had a twitch and everything and spoke to her at 13, 12 years of age and he said, Margaret, your daughter's severely, she's anxious, she's shown bad symptoms of severely being bullied. The but poor day, thing. The poor oh, thing. She, was, she had an awful time. The poor misfortune. An amazing young lady. Amazing. Like, I'm so proud of the woman she's become. But she's she's a kind person. She's she gets the. Like there's uh, times I remember being in Cork City with her and coming out of H and M and her running into one of the girls, and this was five or six years after leaving primary school, and then going, oh my god, I'd have to go back to the car and bring her home. Oh, years after she would them. see one of them. Oh god, yeah. and she'd get flashbacks again. Yeah. 
but to them, like, and their parents, because their parents rang me, wouldn't ask me, was I overreacting? But um, after, you know, years, I know, I yeah, they, they actually say, accusing you of saying un- untruth. I overreacting. I was born and brought up in our city, Dublin. My mum was from Tiff, my dad was from the north. I was used to situations. Like, I lived in London, that's where I met my husband. So I was used to, to, you know... The rough and tough and tumble of life. Yeah, you were not an yeah. overreactionary parent. Was, yeah. No, and I was a tough parent. I was... Like, my kids, I could go into a, for a meal, me and my husband. I remember when Little opened in Middleton and bringing them in, and a girl coming up and saying, oh my God, your kids are, kids are so well behaved. And they weren't slapped. It was, if I said no, there wasn't, oh no, this time, um, maybe the next time. It was no. It was actually no. Both of them, I'm still be like this, and they're 24 and 21. You know, we've, They've got respect for me, thank God. I just, I just, I know, fair play to you. I just want to go back to the point of years after she left school in Cork, she might see in the distance one of the bullies from those years ago and that would knock her for six. But that bully would have, would have no recollection, would probably wouldn't recognize, well, I don't know. I mean, can't say with any more. No, they they wouldn't. But they're allowed just to get on with their lives having left this untold damage behind them in their wake. Yes. Yeah, and I've been in a shop where one of them lo- works local in Middleton and I physically can't talk because I'd lose her where my daughter would talk away now. Yes, she, uh, I know, I know. As I said, she's an amazing young All right, girl. okay. Well, I don't think you, had, I don't think you expected me to, to bring up much of that, but thank you, thank you yeah, all no. of the same. Uh, anyway, this was prompted by, by Annette just before 11. I'm sure you heard my conversation with her. No, I did, yeah. I did. Yeah. And it broke my heart. Yeah, really did because nobody, nobody. It's not talked about. It's only coming up the past two years that people are actually putting it out there. But haven't we been talking about HRT for years, though? Yeah, but it was always you get cancer, breast cancer. Oh yeah, yeah. It was was always the warning. So it was to do. Yeah. And my mother, who actually my brother was on on with you about six years ago, or about four or five years ago, sorry. We lost my mum about six years ago, went into hospital and died 14 weeks later. It was neglect. Not from us now, but we were all heartbroken. And I suppose at the time I thought we were suffering from, and the doctor was depression and more tablets and more tablets and more tablets. Grief, I suppose they thought. They did. And I knew, I got to the stage where I thought, no, this isn't me. No matter, I know what I've been like since I was 15. But I'm a strong person. Although I get anxious like anyone else, I've had panic attacks. But this was on a whole different scale of my anxiety, you know, heart palpitations, the sweats where you'd be, my head and my face, it'd be, my head would be drowned about my hair, like going anywhere, heart palpitations, I just... So socially, that must have been awkward to say the least. Yeah, but thank God... Yeah, that's I, I would say like um I was a, I was I was able to deal with it until it got to the stage where I was actually everything was in my head. Did I severe dizziness which they were giving me syrup, you know, for the basically they thought it was vertigo and nothing was working. I went for C T scans, MRI scans that I paid for privately. But there was nothing, and my doctor just stepped back and crossed his hands and looked at me, and he said, well, you're going to have to learn to live with this. And I looked at him, and I said, 
doctor, I said, nine out of ten people have white coat syndrome when they're going to a doctor. I said, I don't. I'm able to sit here and tell you what's wrong with me. Yeah, I know. I'm I know. not. And I really fought my corner and he wouldn't listen. He really just tablets and, and antipsychotics I was on. I wasn't on just, I'm not saying just Prozac because I'm on Prozac now. But I was on strong medication and I didn't have a life. My life consisted of basically being in a bed. I lost, um, well, I didn't lose family. I think I've I disappointed friends and I disappointed family that they were thinking, well, oh, this is just, you know, years down the line, you're going, are you really dizzy? Do you really have headaches? I know. And um, I went I to a new doctor and he was like, um, tell me. And I told him and he said, right. You know, I, I went to the menopause hub in Blackrock by myself. I, I wasn't, you know, I looked it up. It was a sis, my sister in Tipperary said, Mags, I think there's more to this because she knew me. She knew what I was like and, you know, I got up and got on with things and thank God I didn't, I didn't feel like I let it ruin my life. But the menopause nearly killed me. Like when I started, it was one of the worst times of my life. And I thank God for my two sisters that stood by me. But, but um, how did you, how did you beat it though? I mean, you were on very strong antipsychotics. You were literally taken to the bed. You had all of this stress, worry, anxiety, grief, depression, all yeah. these, um, all of the symptoms. Like, what changed? Did they just pass? Oh, no, I, I was put on HRT. So now I'm taking yes. okay. sleeping tablets, antipsychotics, HRT. Um, so you can imagine a cocktail of drugs. Still? Um, no, not well. I'm still, I'm getting there, but only in the past eight months. Yeah. I didn't want to, I didn't want to go on. And I think when I got to that road, only one of my sisters knew at the time, I, I'm leaving my, ch- my children and husband behind. And I have a wonderful husband. He's actually really, really great, thank God. Um, I'm going down to the doctor and being on the HRT and he says, I'm not happy with the medication they're taking, the antipsychotics. So he got me to go and talk to someone and I did. And the psychiatrist wasn't happy. He said, I think this could be causing your headaches and the dizziness. And I had a weekend there in January where I had, I came up, I started coming off medication, say last October, November. And I actually had, when I finished my last one, I literally went through detox. The sweat, the shakes, vomiting. And no, it was awful. And it was only, I follow a pharmacist on Instagram and he'd been on the same medication I was on and I texted him and he answered me to say, this is going to, you're going to be like a baby lamb for two weeks, but you can do this and you will do it. And I did. I just need to be very careful now because uh, we can't be giving out advice for people to just stop. Um, oh God, no. Because, no, I because yeah. Yeah, because that helped by the doctor it, and the psychiatrist. Yeah, because somebody listening advice. to this might say, "I'm just going to stop," and and medically, that's not recommended. Sure, no. Yeah, no, you have to, you have to have help doing it, because that's that's no way. Like obviously, like you're going to go have bad symptoms and reactions and everything like that. So no, if anybody is out there, like I just, if your doctor's nice, talk to them, and any woman that feels like. This is perimenopause. Never was spoke about. It was always. But you see, you can't just you can't just walk out of one doctor and into a new doctor, can you? That's not possible. No, 
no, I had two years of trying to get a new doctor and and I was going to see privately a psychiatrist in the Dean Clinic and it was only luck that a new doctor was open in the Middleton and a girl I knew that my chiropractor. And boom, that made the difference. Changes. New doctor. It saved my life. It didn't make a difference. It actually saved my life. Because you I were suicidal. Was, yes, I was. Yeah, yeah. And that's very hard for me. And embarrassed. I don't hopefully my children don't hear this, but uh, mm. yeah, I didn't want to go on. I didn't want to go on. But now you do. Yeah. Oh my God. Like, to know that I used to think to basically you had to not have a period for 12 months to be menopausal. And that's not the case. There are so many symptoms. I joined a Facebook group page, Menopause Hub. It's not my page or all like that. But that helped me, reading what other people were going through and thinking, hold and on, let, man. And let me just say at this point, and I have no problem in the wide earthly world saying this either. I know that Joe Duffy got a couple of weeks on the topic recently and it was powerful and it was important and he got lots of callers and he put up a WhatsApp number and people were leaving their experiences and he had specialists right. on, et cetera, et cetera. And John points that out to me by text. He says, you should recommend, I'm not suggesting people go now while we're on the air, but maybe later on to check out the RTE website where affected women can listen back to some of the harrowing stories, but also, more importantly, to get some dev- more some great advice that apparently they have loaded up on the RTE website. So that might be worth checking out for people, wouldn't it? Oh, my God, yes. Yeah. And it, it's when you, when you get the information, because anybody that's out there listening, you're not mad, you're not crazy. Do you think that men, do you think that men have it easy? Oh, yes, I do. Yeah, because that's how this we started this morning. And we started period. this morning and it was kind of lighthearted, but I know we've moved on somewhat from that. But you do think that men don't know yeah, how tough life can like be? Like women, young girls getting their periods, like what their bodies go through. Um, I have a great niece at the moment that she's under... You know, psychiatric. All right, well, we won't, we won't, go, years, we won't right? go there. Yeah, yeah. But just in yeah. general terms, really, that yeah. women's, you know, women's lot is the tougher lot. Yeah, no sooner we have a baby, the emotions, getting pregnant, the hormones, it's hormones I'm talking about, they have it easier. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. And okay. My mo- in my mum's time, and my mum did have a breakdown when she had the menopause, her time was when a woman stops getting the period, obviously they're no longer good because you're no longer childbearing and all. And thank God that's all changed. That psychologically, it's not. It doesn't affect women like it did generations no. before. My life is over now. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes. I yeah. don't think it's like that anymore. I, I don't feel like that. Yeah. I'm able to tell anyone I, I'm in the menopause, and I don't care. I know what you mean. Like I was just thinking about this earlier this morning because I remember in in, in my own childhood in in housing estates and both sides of the uh, of the Lee. You know, you had a whole whole housing estates of, of families living together, hundreds and hundreds, where only the men worked, right? I was just yes. thinking about this earlier on. And like on many occasions, you would see many of the mothers gathering in each other's houses. And it was only years later I understood the importance of that. Because women were in the home full time and that was their occupation. Their job was to rear and provide for families. It's different now, I understand that. But it must have been a very lonely existence if they didn't have the companionship of other women. So I can understand the importance of women's groups because of that, you know? Yes, yes. My mum would have been very shy. And I, funny enough, I don't go to women's groups or anything like that. It, it's just not me. But um, to people that do do it, 
amazing. Yeah. Like, I, I know people that do go um, for support and all like that. And that's why women do it. They can't go into a pub and sit and order a pint or anything like but that. Can you, yeah, they but could you imagine, when they, could you imagine when they couldn't go into a pub full stop? I mean, you could now no. if you wanted. I'm not saying that women feel all feel comfortable doing that. But, but generations ago... You had women who had happy lives and they socialised and they partied and they had other friends and they had girlfriends and boyfriends and mates and chums. Yes. Then they get married, right? And they're in this house with these children and they may love the children. I'm not saying they don't love the children, but that's their life now. It's like it must yes. be like switching off the light, switching off the lights in many parts of their lives back then. Yeah, it was. It was, my, as I said, my mum was a very quiet lady and she was lazy and she wouldn't go into a pub and she didn't do anything like that. So her life was us. And we were so lucky to have her. Um, Big sacrifice, though, isn't it? Yes. Yes. And I remember being six or seven and mummy rocking on a chair with the menopause. Like rocking, you know. And at the time, the doctor saying, wanting to put her in somewhere. And my dad father said no. But no, they did put women in. Many of them. They did. Whip, whip. That's basically what you look at in, like, Call the Midwife. You know, these old programs. That's why women in their 40s and 50s and 60s were in institutions. It was because they were going through the menopause and it wasn't understood. Okay, yeah. Is that a good show, incidentally? I do. Brilliant. I only start watching it about... I'd say I'm, I'm caught up in all now, but about a year ago. Is it very good? Yeah. I heard a lot about Brilliant it, but... Look back in old I thought it was just a TV show where week in, week out, a midwife went out to give birth to... help to give birth to babies. I thought that would be kind of repetitive, no? No, it was kind of... It just shows what old times were like, what okay. your parents went through. Okay. So it's really good, actually. That's on my watch list. Mags, it's been yeah. a pleasure talking to you. It really and truly you has. Doing that? Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on air. Mind yourself. Thank you. God bless. Bye. The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 1850-104-106. Well, I don't get to today. We'll return to tomorrow. Trina, good morning. Good morning. How are you? And I know it's difficult for you to come on air, and I do appreciate that. Trina, I would like to, I'd like to hear your story, please. Yeah, so basically... Um, I basically, from a young, young age, I'd say from the age of 15, 16, my body went straight into menopause. I never got a period, so um, I went from my teenage years, I suppose, to puberty, straight into menopause, straight into hot flushes. But I was so young, we didn't have a clue what was going on. Um, went to my GP, he just thought that maybe you're a late developer, was sent up to the CUH for tests, and I suppose it took two or three years for them to tell me that, look, your body's actually in the middle of menopause. Um, I was about 19 at the at this stage. Ah, I'd for say 19 God's sake, 20. 19? Yeah, 19 I years thought you would be 60 no. or 70. I know. Do you know what? Now, it is what it is. I'm absolutely, obviously okay with it, you know. So I wasn't put on HRT treatment either because I was so young. So what they did for me is they kept me on the pill to keep my womb open because of my body going through menopause. I would never be able to have my own kids, basically. So they kept me on the pill to keep my womb open. Now, didn't stop the hot flushes. The leg cramps are awful. Um, I'd be sitting at my desk and work. You'd get a hot flush, and then you'd have to run to the toilet, run cold water over your wrists or to the back of your neck to cool down. And again, like that woman said earlier, you, you are embarrassed because you're sitting at work. You're just after a shower, and next thing you're sweating. 
Um, I would be very conscious of that part of it. Um, now, thank God, for IVF, I have a two-year-old sitting in the back and I'm actually expecting in eight weeks again. How did that happen if you were told it would never happen? It would never happen myself. It gotcha. would never happen for me. Gotcha. So, like, yeah. I'd, like I, my ovaries basically never developed. They yeah. went into menopause. Yeah. So I had to get a donor egg, basically. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So now there was, like, it wasn't the worst thing that could have happened to me because I'm very lucky to have a family now. But, like, I was listening to that woman, like, and she got, like, you know, saying the hot flushes, they're embarrassing. They absolutely are. Now, thank God I'm not on HRT or HRT treatment because... I've heard awful stories about it. I am pregnant now, so I'm not on any treatment. But I when know. I come off, when, I I, when I'm not pregnant, I will probably be put on HRT treatment. She talked to, she, one of the girls was saying that she would use deodorant, roll-on deodorant around her hairline. You yeah. Can, you can relate yeah. to that. Oh, absolutely. Or if you were wearing, um, you have to be careful of what tops you wear because of the sweat, like the silk tops or, you know, it's very, very embarrassing, especially on a night out, you know, especially my top lip, constantly sweating, like constantly. Or at the back of my neck now would be one of the worst ones all along the hairline. No deodorant works. I tried every single deodorant. They, they don't work. They don't work for hot flushes, I feel anyway. Can you imagine what it must have been like years ago when there were oh. no treatments whatsoever? Absolutely. I can only imagine. I can only imagine now saying that I was waiting four or five years, Neil, as well, to find out what was going wrong with me because I was so young. Young, the 18. The last thing they expected was menopause, you know. But look, it happens and it's actually a good topic to talk about because there's so many young people that are going through it. They probably don't know they're going through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Um, there was a, an interesting text here from Here's Health on Patrick Street. Laura got in touch. She was talking particularly about the issue with legs, you know, the restless yeah, legs and, yeah. the, and the pain. Yeah. And I, Is that what it is? Restless pain, it's, legs it's constantly awful. moving? It's like, it's like you did... Um, like you climbed a mountain and you're getting down and the aches down your leg. Like I was awake all last night with the pains in my She's leg. She's suggesting wheatgrass. Did anybody ever tell you anything about wheatgrass powder? No, no, I never heard of that. Well, thing. I'm just reading it out and, and clearly here's how to know what they're talking about. She says, Iswari, Iswari wheatgrass powder will help women with restless legs. It will actually take it away. You can buy it here in here, South Patrick Street. Oh, I'll actually look at. I'll do anything at this stage because nothing works for. Would you for mind? Reason. Would you mind trying that and coming back to me in a week or ten I days will, or whatever? Of course. And see Absolutely. if it makes a She's difference. She's on Patrick Street. Yeah, it? ask for Laura. Pick up the phone and ask for Laura. She'll be there now. I'd say. Perfect. Or no call into here's health, Patrick. Try that and let me know if it works. I will, of course, Neil. Thanks very much. All right, Trina. Take care. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. Cheers. Bye. All the best. Lines open one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. I see a lot of text coming in on this, and I will come back to it. I promise you that. Busy, busy day yesterday, of course, because uh, out of the blue, of course, we well, I mean, there was notice, but I opened the program yesterday by going live to the flotilla of boats that were coming up the Lee. Massive response to that by text. Much of it I won't get to today. It was a very interesting one from John. He says, I grew up on an island in Donegal. The island has become decimated by immigration. He says, the fishermen in this country were sold down the river by the previous Fianna Fáil governments in the 80s and right up to the noughties. You see, governments in Ireland had a choice to get more quotas for the fishermen or the farmers. And time after time, the farmers won out. 
for an island country surrounded by plentiful supplies in our oceans, it's hard to see fishing communities become wastelands like they are. He talked then about growing up on an island in Donegal where they're decimated by immigration and there is no youth anymore. And that is so true. If you think, and I'm quite sure that you don't, that uh, drugs or drink or gambling are the scourge of urban areas, think again, they are not. I mean, we all know of rural society and villages and towns, um, say, for instance, in the west of Ireland, where they can't field a GA team anymore because there ain't nobody there anymore. Either they're gone to college in the cities or they're gone to work in the cities or there's no work where they live. Um, there's also an ever-increasing blight of youth drinking in uh, rural Ireland. And um, all sorts of drug issues. I'm not just talking about cannabis here. I'm not talking about that in a way, anyway, shape or form. In fact, soon enough, we'll have cannabis legalized. But I am talking about um, uh, much, much stronger, including heroin and cocaine and pharma in various forms. So there are issues in, in rural Ireland because of that, because of the remoteness of many of the villages and literally nothing to do a lot of the time, particularly in wintertime. It's very, very difficult. Thank you for that, John. Not quite sure what island uh, off Donegal, but thank you all the same. Lines are open at one 850 106 text 0868104106. Many of those texts coming in uh, with many people also going through um, you know, their, their own issues and some of them actually offering solutions, which is quite interesting. So I'll get those on the air as well. I need to open the phone lines too on one eight fifty one zero four one zero six 106 because I have a 500 euro voucher to give away every day this week, courtesy of ourselves and the Furniture Centre on the Watercourse Road in Blackpool. A 500 euro voucher. And they got a huge stock of Irish-made mattresses in stock, immediate delivery, no four weeks, no six weeks, no three months, nothing like that. Immediate delivery. All right, handmade in Ireland. So... Three callers, please. Callers 9, 10 and 11 to talk on a topic. Um, I'll give you the topic. You'll have 30 seconds to talk on it. You'll have no idea till I tell you. The clock will tick. Whoever does it best in that 30 seconds wins a 500 euro voucher for the Furniture Centre, Watercourse Road, Blackpool. Get dialing now. one 850 Talk to Neil Printerville now. 1851 Red FM. Tell you yesterday morning that Andrew McGinley had to shut down his uh, Facebook page and his Twitter page. The husband of uh, Deirdre Morley, he said that uh, the amount of trolling and abuse and bullying on it, he said he's a tough guy. He can deal with most things. Good God, he's dealing with the loss of his children. But he said uh, it was just a step too far. And uh, the papers this morning were kind of updating on that. Thank God the papers didn't quote any of the horrid things that we're saying. But Andrew summed it up by saying that at one stage there were trolls and bullies on his Facebook page and his Twitter page who were saying that he was responsible. He was responsible. Others apparently were saying, ah, sure, everybody was suggesting that you had did it and not the wife and all that awful, awful stuff like that. Uh, He's quite open about that, actually. I'm not sharing any confidences in that regard. Uh, Interesting email, though. Uh, I don't want my name, I guess, you know, I can understand the reasons why people would say that, particularly when you're dealing with the subject of the death of children. But I don't want my name out there, but I suffer from depression and anxiety and my family are aware. I know how that mother, Deirdre Morley, felt. God bless her children. It's very hard. As in a split second, you can just switch. Um, it's, I, I've been given help by the HSE, but once COVID hit, they cut me off. And I think that's a disgrace. I still suffer now. I have a few other issues which don't help either. But my kids are always put first. I'm from Cork. I used to attend counselling. And once COVID hit, they rang me and told me, you're fine. Good luck. Which is hard to process. 
but I have the best husband and mom and dad and they're always there for me, which has very much helped. I just wanted out there that people shouldn't be afraid to talk to someone and tell the truth and be honest. My husband and mom were so good to help me, but I still have my bad days. And you too, Neil, are my friend. You're in my kitchen no matter what. I feel for so many others. Thank you so much, she says. And thank you too. And I'm glad that you're listening. I'm glad that you find it, um, you know, I don't know whether it's, it's comforting or, or company or something you can relate to. Maybe all of the above, all of the above. And I think that's good. We'll pick up on everything else in the morning. I want to love you and leave you with how I left, almost how I started this morning. We're talking about guidelines. And, you know, feel free to get in touch with regards to perimenopause and menopause, either by email, neil at redfm.ie, by text, 0868104106. And I'm happy to read out your stories or, or allow you to invite you to come on air if that's the case. So feel free, I'll return to it in the morning. But, you know, after, say, for instance, the 1st of July or whenever it happens, Pubs are open indoors. Restaurants are open indoors. Everybody is back working. Everything is back to normal except for one profession. And th- that is those that make us happy, make us feel good in our lives, provide us with music and entertainment and uh, drama. I'm talking about the performing arts. They haven't a clue where they're going over 440 days now without work. And it looks like this will continue right across the summer. And I can understand why they're like demons over it. Keith, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you doing? Uh, It says you're a professional musician with over 20 years and like a bull over the guidelines or lack of them. Is that right? Uh, Yeah. Like a bull. That doesn't mean you just graduate. Like... I'm 20, years, 20, 25 years in this business. Um, I have four people working for me. I have two bands, a band called Revenge, a band called... Okay, Terry. the phone is shocking. Can you just try and move it away from your mouth and move around a little bit? You work two bands. I have two bands, Savage Cabbage and Revenge. Right? I have four people who work for me. I'm fully tax compliant. I still have to pay all my overheads, my loans, my tax insurance, NPC and Ben. And I haven't done anything in 15 months. I'm still trying to pay, you know, rent and eat. On three hundred euro a week DOT. So, you know, so the pub didn't the pub didn't keep you above water, like now. No, of course it didn't. No. I've all these overheads to pay, you know. And uh, I want to get back to work. And I was actually booked in for gigs from 13th to June, just for Sundays, for a start by some nice publicans who want to get me back to work. And now I'm being told, no, no good. Another. Were they months. hoping that you'd be able to perform? The bands would be able to work outdoors, is it? Yeah, outdoors on Sundays. For God's that, sake. That, that, that it helped me, you know, uh, a little bit. But we've got, I've got a single penny off the government. Pat Fitz was saying this morning, he's going to have to go back at some stage and train his voice and relearn the guitar and re-remember all of the songs. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm the same. I was actually <sighs> rehearsing the last week just to start doing these gigs on the 13th of June. Um, and I don't know what to do now. It, I actually got, got a, an email from the social welfare this morning, my welfare that I, uh, I then I get a phone call about retraining. How am I supposed to retrain after 20, 25 years of playing music, you know? Are they suggesting you leave your profession and get another yeah. job? Exactly. Self-employed for over 20 years and paying my taxes and... They don't care about me, you know. All right. Listen, I tell you what, I try and get a better line um, and get an opportunity to talk to you perhaps in the morning, but I can't at the moment. Firstly, I'm out of time, and secondly, the phone line isn't great, but I know you have more to say. So if I can clean that up, I will. Um, thank you, Keith. Um, I'm not finished with you. Lines open at 1850 104 106. Lines will stay open off the air, but let me get stuck into this now. So I should have Olivia in Bantry. Good morning. 
Good morning, how are you? How art thou down west? Brilliant, doing very well, thanks. Okay, Andrea in Churchfield, good morning. Good morning. Nice to have you? you on board. I'm good and I hope you're good too. And Sarah, not too far from you on Blarney Street, good morning. Hello, good morning, how okay, are you? Okay, I'm very good. Um, so, three girls again this morning. The men, are, the men are shy enough, maybe it's just they can't get through as fast as you guys, but here we are nonetheless. So, 30 seconds to talk on a topic, a 500 euro voucher for the winner, courtesy of ourselves in the Furniture Centre, Watercourse Road in Blackpool. So, Olivia, you're first, all right? Okay, perfect. Andrea, you're second, and Sarah, you are third. So, for you, Olivia, give me a number between one and 12. Um, three, three. The number three. Yeah. The number three, 30 seconds on the person you would most like to meet. The person you would most like to meet and your 30 seconds starts now. Um, the person I would most like to meet would be Stephen Gerrard, a former Liverpool player. Um, he's always been idol before when I was watching matches since I was young. And now he's a great manager. Um, he's won all his games so far in the last season. Um, hopefully he'll come back and um, manage Liverpool one day and hopefully he'll return to Anfield um, I think he's great fella, great personality great family and I love his book uh, <laughs> A good effort I have to say, found some flaws in there, a few ums and ahs and a couple of pauses and you didn't technically finish so we'll have to okay. see how it goes. Not all, all isn't lost just yet. Andrea's in Churchfield. Good morning. Okay, thank you. Good morning. Okay, so a number, please, between one and twelve. M um, eight, please. The number eight is my. Oh, it's a tough one. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe not. It might just flow from you. My favorite Cork tourist site. 30, that's tough, isn't it? My favourite Cork tourist site. 30 seconds on that, please. And your clock starts now. My favourite Cork tourist site is Mizzenhead. I like Mizzenhead because the views are just amazing. Um, it's a lovely drive down there. Um, it has full of history. Um, <laughs> I love going, driving down there with my family. I love everything around it. Um, the sea views are just unbelievable. Um, it's a Cork... Um, it's just, no. look, it's the most certainly point in Cork. <laughs> Oh God! I with a clock ever ding, with a clock ever stop. I did. You picked a tough one, girl. You picked, I'd have gone for the English market, and you could just gone through the stalls in the English market. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh. Well, it seemed like a good idea at the start, but twenty-five seconds into it, it probably didn't. Sarah on Blarney Street. Good morning. It's yours for the taking now, right? <laughs> Don't make a hames okay. of it and you'll win 500 euro. Number between 1 and 12. Uh, give me 7. I'll give you 7 all day long. <laughs> My first kiss. Oh no. 30, well, that's what it is, girl. Ain't nothing I can do about it. 30 seconds okay. on. My first kiss. And your clock starts now. So my first kiss would have been with a boy when I was about 13. It was a bit of a disaster because we both didn't know what we were doing. It was an experience that I probably will never forget. We we were friends for a long time. 
and it just the curiosity got the better of us because all our other friends were kissing and it just happened no we would never speak of it today because of the embarrassing situation that it was but you learned from your experience (laughs) you did it <laughs> you did it. I'm so sorry, Andrea. I'm so I sorry, Olivia. <laughs> That's all right. You didn't name the unfla. That's all right. You didn't name him. And you got better at you got better at the kissing as the years went on. That's it. Your first kiss has won you a five hundred euro voucher for the furniture centre watercourse road. Enjoy. Brilliant, thank you very much. I'll allow you to to hang up now and just be mortified all on your own. I am right? mortified. <laughs> good luck. Bye. Have a good day, guys. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redxtra.ie for more great Red FM content.